With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, hey, what's happening, everybody? I'm the Urban Guru, a.k.a. Ampoo, the ambassador of the Aquarian Age for the next 2,000 years. I'm rolling with my partner. Peace family is Nikki Builder. Thank you all for joining us again. We are doing the second installment of Libra. I'm going to be focusing on some Q&A today. Um, and looking forward to it. But before we get into that, let's get some announcements from our sponsor, the Inner Peace Lighthouse Radio Station on Blog Talk. Yeah, man, y'all know what it is, man. Myastrologycoach.com, Toel Love Fund is always first thing off my mouth, man. It's 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 the love fund where we paying people's bills, um, $13 a month, man. That's all you got to do. And at the end of the month, we divide the pot evenly amongst four people, and then we just keep on going down the line, man, paying people's bills for six years. You, you feel me? So a real simple concept of love and giving, you know what I mean? So, you know, I got this thing, man. If you're around me and you, you can do it, man, make it happen. It's only 13 bucks, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, it's all about the love. It's all about giving and helping somebody that's in need, you know what I mean? And you'd be surprised, man, that, you know, it's always right on time, you know, that extra 100 125 80 bucks sometimes to, you know you'd be just surprised so, you know you can use that that's a phone bill that's that's something for the children whatever you're going to do so you you get to that man myastrologycoach.com go to the membership tab and then you will see the Toel love fund um also you can mark your calendars for the 12th um next sunday is daylight savings time we go up in time but uh mark your calendars for 12 noon eastern going to do this webinar called The Cosmic Illusion, Zodiac Exposed. going to really get into this whole science of how your senses, especially your eyes, are tricking you. But the name of the game is to give you cosmic knowledge and just give you some facts or some things and, uh, so you can understand how, um, you know, God is a trickster, real talk. You know what I mean? And maybe we can get into that, and I'm sure we will progress into this conversation, especially um, in this series, when we ended over there in Pisces, the sign of illusion and confusion, um, you know, but God is a trickster and just going to show you some cosmic facts. Um, y- y'all always be hearing about this 13th sign astrology and they'll come and try to set you back if you're not a higher degree of that zodiac sign, meaning if you wasn't born in the last six days of the zodiac sign, they try to bump you back for um, zodiac sign. We're going to talk about that, the phenomenon of what they're looking at and what's really popping, what's really happening in this reality. Um, you know, my favorite thing is to show you divine correspondence. Um, and, the, and, and the hermetic laws of Tehuti, um, it talks about the seven universal laws. And, and, of course, the first one is all is mental. Everything is mentalism, simply meaning everything is intelligent, the wood, the knob, the the, the iron even has metals, like all of it, you know, everything has an atom, so therefore everything is intelligent. 
So the second law, um, which I'm really, you know, not to toot my own horn, I'm a master at this one. It's called the law of correspondence. And for mad years, that's what we have been showing people is the law of correspondence because this particular law right here explains the phenomenon of God, okay? Uh, we can call it quantum and quanti material, same thing. So it explains it. And so we're going to show you the law of correspondence, and I like to show it in human terms. You know what I mean? I'm going to show you why Michael Jordan is the bomb diggy and what that number 23 was all about and Michael was all about as it pertains to cosmic consciousness because it has everything to do with cosmology. So y'all want to sign up for that, man. It's going to be dope. Um, MyAstrologyCoach.com, click on events, and then you're going to see webinars. And then also on the events tab, man, we in Las Vegas like in, what, two weeks, be there, be square, man. Going to have the Imagine Prosperity Workshop where we're giving up the game, techniques, testimonials of, you know, how people, you know, instantly improve their health and had, you know, ailments and no longer have those ailments. And then how you start finding money and started tracking this cha-ching, this cheddar to you, and checks coming in the mail all of a sudden, and you ain't, you know, you you ain't been employed with these people for over a decade, and all of a sudden they send you a check when you start rocking with these principles and getting inside of this group and raising the vibration, and this thing called vibrational escrow, which is very, very real, very, very real. You know what I mean? So we're going to show you um, how to unlock that and create that vortex right there in the money vortex, Las Vegas. So we there March the 18th for that workshop. You're in the neighborhood. You can make it happen. I heard the prime minister early on the webinar, man. Even if you think you got to squeeze it to make it happen, squeeze it to make it happen because it's an investment for yourself. Believe in yourself, man. You know what I mean? We ain't got nothing but, you know, a winning team, a winning formula over here. So we in Las Vegas, man, March the 18th. You can mark your calendars for June uh, 24th, uh, a Saturday, we're going to be in Philly doing an appreciation dinner. Real nice. No dashikis allowed. You know what I'm saying? I repeat, no dashikis allowed. All right? And, um, yeah, it would do like, get clean on him. I know what he was getting at. You know what I mean? And you know what? It made me think of you, Nick. You was over there, so don't dashikied up. But it's all good. Like, no dashikis allowed. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and um, but you know, no disrespect to that though. But no, nah, real talk though, we gonna be in uh, Philadelphia on an annual appreciation dinner, man. So everybody that rock with us in the Toel Love Fund, the Quantum Imaging membership, I got folks that been down with me from day one, man, from the soil straight up, man, from like 2010. Um, but even when we switched business accounts and did some things, the record reflect 2012 on some things. But um, I got people that have been down for a very long time, and I just want to show you out of appreciation. You know how I do every, every at least twice a year, I, I, I verbalize that and I send you all something. But this year, you know, I said, you know what? Now, we're going on trip number 17, Nick. We've been doing this since 2011. 2011, we do three trips a year, the, the spring equinox in March, then the summer solstice, then the fall equinox in September, then the winter we take off, right? So we've been doing this all of 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, right? This is, that's three trips a year. That's six years, three times six, that's 18. So this coming up is what? This is the 19th trip, real talk, that we've been literally taking people across this country to mountaintops, to ancient sites that got uh, um, what we call magnetic influx, where these sites that are, they got real spiritual energy, such as the Sedona, Arizona, the Asheville of the world, you know what I'm saying, and other points in between. 
You know what I mean? So this is, you know, we got a lot of trips, a lot of history with us, and we, you know, come out and fellowship with us, even if you're not a physical member. Uh, but you should be. You will be because the Toel Love Fund is only 13 bucks a month, and it's a great cause, right? But come out anyway because it's going to be a phenomenal setting. It's going to be great. Um, your dinner is going to be brought, brought out to you. It's going to be served. Your dessert is going to come out to you professional style on the tray. It's, you're going to be served. And uh, we're just going to get into some awards and just really show some great appreciation because, um, you know what I mean, I got to say it for the record, you know what I mean, and this ain't a black or white thing, but it's just a fact thing. And, um, you know, dealing with the law of attraction and dealing with the demographic of people who we work with, where we come from the hood and we get this game of black folks, you know what I mean? Like this is, you know, Brother Rich, Drew told me, said it best, and I have to concur, that the priesthood, Minister Jew, Noble Ampu, the Nikki Builders of the world, the Kimmets, the Asias, you know what I'm saying, the Coley Coles of the world, the Kiwanis and everybody, you know what I mean? We are the, he called us the new Esther and Abraham Hicks. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to her husband, Jerry, that's in spirit as well. But dealing with this law of attraction information for black folks, literally we can show you millions of dollars on the record over the years of doing this work and just showing you how to think positive, showing you the correct method of how your brain works, how to get that positive emotion, how to think about your goal, how to do certain exercises to strengthen and reinforce that goal, and then watch what Minister Jew calls the bridge of incidents, which is the coincidence, right, find you in this reality. And it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I got a pay increase or I got a new job and I was, I was supposed to get paid. I got paid way more than, you know, the entry level for this particular position. All kinds of things be happening. So, you know, join us in Las Vegas if you can. Again, myastrologycoach.com. Click on the events tab, man. You're going to see retreats and stuff that's going to be there. And then, um, again, you know, we're going to be in Philadelphia. And if we don't have your email, man, drop your email off, man, right there. As soon as you go to myastrologycoach.com, an email slider pops up. Just drop your email off if we don't have it. And um, also visit our other mother site, theimaginationguru.com, and check out that quantum imaging membership just had a webinar today you know what i mean all members are entitled to webinars uh every month and also a conference call every month and also you get a surprise three sundays out of the week uh actually monday mornings early monday mornings three of them out the week where we do uh quantum scriptures activation where we just take some biblical verses and show you the mystical meaning of it and how to use that principle to empower yourself all right um, that's inside of there and whatnot. And then we also do what we call appetizers, man, just out the blue, you know, this may make a quick MP3 or a video and give you a bonus technique, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and you just, you know, go on about your day and, and do that work, man. So definitely check us out. And um, that's it for me, Nick. Awesome. Um, as usual, y'all can find me over on YouTube at Nikki Builder, having more of these spiritual conversations. Also check me out in my day job. I make clothes for the woman who makes her own rules. That's www.nikkidnovacollection.bigcartel.com. Ready to jump into the show, Noble? Man, you set this thing up, man. You did this. We can do a part two, so let's do it. (laughs) Ladies first, I opened last week. Well, Friday. Yes, you did. Um, So I'm, I'm... so Friday's show was 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 pretty good. Um, I was excited about the show, and apparently um, others of you were as well. Um, I got 
you know, several emails and folks excited about uh, the content of the show, as well as I got some questions. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to answering these questions today um, and then seeing if we can get some uh, questions um, from our callers on the line. Um, so I'm going to open it up with this uh, with this first question that I got, and it was in reference to the statement that I made um, on Friday about how we can Benjamin button our relationships. Uh, when I said it, I said, I said, this is for my ladies, and ladies, we can do that. Be clear, we, we can all do this. We can all do our our work in our relationships. Um, and I wanted to sort of clarify that because um, in that same context, I was also reminded of um, – uh, when you got on, you know, and, and, and so eloquently reminded us that, you know, this is not a male-female conversation, it's a it's a human being conversation because we all have um, masculine and feminine um, elements in our makeup. Um, when we're talking about our minds and, and the duality of the mind, the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, uh, masculine and feminine um components respectively so so this is really important to understand um so the question um that i got about our ability to benjamin button the relationship um a gentleman emailed me and asked me to kind of quote um uh, excuse me you gotta keep it quiet out there babe uh to clarify what I meant by that, and he was like, you know, are, are you saying that we can change our relationships from bad to good? Um, and, yes, that's exactly what I meant by saying that we can Benjamin Button our relationships, right? Benjamin Button, he started out as an old man, and then somehow he was he, he reversed his aging process and, and eventually turned into a baby. Um, and, and, and what are sort of the the characteristics of, of uh how we define being old the thing is worn out right it's um it's 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 endured the stresses and the pressures of life and you know typically our bodies start to break down in older age um and so we we succumb to uh the pressure of the world that we live in this is the same thing that can happen in our relationships right Secrets get revealed, you know, people outgrow the relationships or grow in different directions. And so there's some wear and tear um, oftentimes that's that's created in uh, the relationship. And a lot of times we find ourselves asking, you know, um, is it possible to salvage these relationships? You know, is there a such thing as too much water being under the bridge? Um, so, so my response uh, to his question was, um, first of all, yes. We we can take our relationships from being so-called bad relationships back into this state of good relationships or a state of union. Second part of this question was how is that possible then if one party in the relationship is not willing to do the work? So here's what I said. First of all, we have to remember that all relationships are here to grow us. All relationships are for a reason. Within that context, they are present with us for a season or for a lifetime, right? And so just because we're saying that 
we can repair a relationship, does that automatically mean in order for the relationship to to look good, to be good again, does that mean that we have to get back together, we have to be together again? And and so what what I tried to illustrate in in my answer to to his question is the fact that really it's a matter of we got to do some growing up. Right. We and, and by growing up, I mean especially growing up spiritually, and understanding and respecting the fact that people do not come into our lives for us to possess them. Right. So I, I've been talking a lot about how you know a lot of times relationships will start, and you know the the other member doesn't do what we want them to do. They don't respond to us the way that we want them to respond to us. Therefore, they are not fulfilling whatever agenda it is that we came into the relationship. I want to feel pretty. I want to feel like somebody is loyal to me. I want to feel worthy, whatever that is. And as soon as the other person is not serving that agenda, I don't love you anymore, right? So when I say we got to grow up, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And and, and this also t- relates to the concept of divine detachment. If we can detach ourselves from an agenda in our relationships, it really then will give the relationship the space that it needs to grow. Getting back together doesn't necessarily mean the relationship is repaired. What I meant by that is that through even if the other person is not willing to do their work, they don't want to do their work, whatever the case is, that should not prevent you from doing your work, right? Because a lot of times what we do is we say, oh, well, this person don't want to do the work. This person doesn't want to serve me or, or give me what I want out of the relationship. So now I'm mad at you. We're not friends no more. I don't like you. I don't love you anymore. That's the agenda. So if we can detach ourselves from that and we can we can genuinely grow and learn to understand that and, 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 and learn to see the divinity in the experience itself, that's when we really get to grow because now it doesn't become about I have some vendetta to carry out about I'm mad that this relationship didn't work, so then I'm going to take that anger with me into my next relationship. Who does that really, that's actually self-abuse, right? We like to think that, oh, well, now because I've allowed myself to become calloused in this relationship or or I'm a calloused person, you know, and and I see these memes flying around all the time, you know, people talking about, you know, uh, this the world that we live in is not is not a good world for for good people. Good people always get done so wrong in the world that we live in. So you know, don't trust nobody. Um, you know, stay to yourself. No f- team, no friends, and all of these psychotic ideas, subscriptions that we think make us look tough. But but that gets back to that wall that I was talking about on Friday, uh, that armor that we build around ourselves, not realizing that that armor, that wall actually prevents the love that we claim to be looking for from entering into our lives because now we've ab- agreed to become calloused. Now we've agreed to become angry. And those things actually disconnect us from the abundance of God, the abundance of the universe, or whatever it is that you want to call it, because we then send out a message, right, this resonance from our heart, 
that says, I'm angry, I'm disappointed in people. And we need to see the verification of that. That verification has to pop up in our lives. So when I say that we can we can Benjamin Button relationships, regardless of whether or not the other person wants to do the work, what I'm talking about is we can return ourselves to the 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 original, youthful, innocent state that the relationship started in in the first place. Right? Because you started out as friends. You started out liking each other. You started out there being a common ground. So we can make the choice to say, you know what, this didn't happen the way I would like for it to have happened, but here's the lesson that I learned from that. Here's here's the way that I grew from that experience. And instead of it becoming a piece of luggage that we now have to carry around with us for the rest of our lives and are weighted down by, it actually becomes a part of us that helps us to grow. It actually becomes this jewel in our crowns that we can sort of carry rather than this piece of luggage that also creates a resonance from our heart that says, mm, I'm, I'm shut down, I'm not emotionally available. And then we're trying to figure out why it is that we can't find positive relationships. So that's that's what I meant when I said that we could Benjamin Button the relationships. It, it it doesn't have to depend on what the other person is willing to do for or in the relationship. We're simply talking about your own choice, your own personal responsibility to yourself to say I don't have to divorce myself from the possibility of a, a peaceful outcome. I don't have to divorce myself from or disconnect myself from the light because ultimately we all want to be fulfilled. We all want to experience joy. But but sometimes we, through our actions, through our decisions, through our disappointments, through our failures, through our hurts, we can shut down which which ultimately is the thing that disconnects us from receiving the good, the abundance of the universe. Noble, where are you at? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, you know, again, you know, when we're dealing with Libra, we're dealing with these relationships, at the at the end of the day, Nick, people are asking about extreme compatibility or what I call EC, you know what I mean? And that, that I believe that is the burning, pressing desire that we have, <laughs> despite the, the what you say last week. I was like, who gets in a relationship to want to break up? And he was like, hold on, no, I kind of disagree. Subconsciously, we get in. I said, oh, shit, hold on. That's dangerous because that's a subconscious breakup, which means you're not consciously aware that you're getting in a relationship with a, another program running that you want to break up. That's a whole other conversation. Um, you know, but nobody consciously admits to this that they, they, they want to have that experience. And it's interesting because on today's webinar, her, her minister, Jew was talking about how um, it's best when you have the agreement of a person the other party involved, whether you be praying for them or, you know, in this case, to taking this journey in love, that y'all be on the same page because if not, 
you're you're working even though you you call yourself working for the greater good you start to work against the person's free will and let me tell you something because there, there, there's a lot of things at play here um because we call this um the nefesh can't cheat the nefesh, right? And this this is a this is this is no hard talk amongst me and Jew priesthood talk, but nefesh is the lowest level of your soul. And Kabbalah teaches that you have three levels of soul. So the sleeping you, the part of you that wanders off at night when you go to sleep is the nefesh. So we say that the soul sees everything on a soul level with another person and you can never cheat them. And so when I cross-reference that with some of the teachings I was talking about Friday and, 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 you know, dealing with the demonic children where it states that an intelligent couple is very cautious about arguing and fighting because it gives rise to energetic beings, which you will call demons or things of that nature, these, these little succubus of negative energy these children you're creating but there's a whole nother thing that nobody talks about which deals with your negative energy is being recorded in stuck specific region of space so when you attempt to do what's perceived to be the right thing on a solo level the person I just got to keep it 100. God damn it, you're sleeping with the enemy. You're sleeping with the enemy is what you're doing. And their nefesh knows that you're trying to safeguard and get around the drama in the relationship, and so does these, quote, unquote, these little demonic children, these vibrational beings that you have. So when you're trying to get around it, you notice that you're you're going to create you're going to create every cause has an effect. So your cause called, you know what, I'm going to do X, Y, Z and do these good things is going to have a response mechanism attached to a call or effect where that person responds back with negativity to a degree. This is why it's best for two or more, meaning your conscious mind, your subconscious mind, and the party involved their mind, conscious and subconscious, to the best of both of your ability to come together in full agreement because consciousness trumps everything. And so how do you get EC when the other party is not there? Um, anything is absolutely possible, but I want to, I want to, I, I just can't fathom in my mind why as adults we can't have a open, conscious conversation about I would love to experience extreme compatibility inside of this relationship and what is our agreement and blueprint to achieve it. Now, so you got to ask yourself something here if you can't have this conversation. What's stopping you from having a conversation if you're the one that's not bringing it to the table then you got to check what we would call your own ego inside yourself because something is preventing you from um, a state of realization called this greater good that you say that you desire you want to get to. Uh, irregardless of how you think the person may respond, you at least have to, at the end of the day, 
you have to have on your checklist that you tried your best. I remember when, uh, and I'm I'm speaking from experience, man. I was, um, my relationship was 15 years. So I remember um, almost a two-year separation, and I was conversing with the prime minister if I'm going to try this again. And I wanted to honestly say for myself that I put my best foot forward for me. And, and, and you know, just to say that I, I did, because I know at that point to the separation, I can honestly say I did not. So I needed to have a clear conscience that says, nigga, you tried your absolute best. Whether if I came up short in that trying or not, I had to make an attempt to say that I tried my best. And I think that's all we can do to a degree, not all we can do in that in that sense, but you want to make sure that you try your best. So don't muffle anything that says, like, you know, this, you know, I think we can get it, but I ain't going to say that because I think the person may respond this way or something. And, you know, Lord knows we may want to, you know, circumvent the argument. See, Libra is the zodiac sign that deals with open relationships. And I don't necessarily mean open far as, you know, hey, you got another man and I got another woman type open. Open just as meaning meaning that it's an agreement that, you know, we have a relationship. You see what I'm saying? And um, these things are supposed to be conversed about. And when you're dealing with Libra, which is an air sign and you know, the end of last week, Minister Drew Tom Danny had talked about Libra being an air sign. Air represents communication. And it's interesting because we call this, you know, the second air sign in the zodiac, but truth be told, it's really the first air sign in the zodiac. Um, and the reason I say that is because each zodiac sign falls in one of three categories. Either you start a season and so let's get into some Zodiac education. Let's get into Cancer, who starts the summer. Let's get into Libra, who starts the fall. Let's get into Capricorn, who starts the winter. And let's get into who's our last one over there, uh, 4, 7, 10, and Aries, Aries, who starts the spring. So these are our starters, right? So the reason that I'm saying Libra starts is the first air sign because that's the air sign that starts a season. I'm not talking about the zodiac order that we learn today, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer. You know, in that case, Libra would be the seventh sign, which is fine, but I just want you all to understand a different dynamic. And this is what I'm saying where you have to really start to put your eye on this science if you want to start to see the, the beauty of it, because it's a, it's a beautiful peacock. Because, again, they would tell you Libra is the seventh sign, but it is the – air sign that starts a season. So, um, you know, here we have to start communication. You can't get around that. It starts the season. It's the sign of relationships, and it's an air sign that deals with talking. That's what air does. Let's talk. Let's think. Let's strategize. Let's be consciously aware to the best of our ability. That's what it is all about, and this is why it is symbolized by justice when you go to a courtroom this is where you verbally display, you know, in a confident manner, in a very mature manner, you start to present a conscious argument. You see what I'm saying? 
So rationale and, and, and mind has everything to do with the progression of relationships, and that's what we're talking about. How do you get on the same accord? Well, it's kind of really simple, man. What are your values? What are what are the things that you you know that you value in a relationship? Where 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 are you going? And and for as an individual, and do you have you know do you two have separate individual goals, which are fine, but then you're going to have to streamline these two into one collective goal because the relationship, as we progress and talk about next week, Scorpio, where we start to share our money and we start to get into joint resources, right? Where you know we how much money you you know when we get in relationships, it's about um, who's paying what bills around here. That you it, it can be automatically assumed. But, you know, these things are, it's, it's just, these things have to be talked about. So my point is, you know, um, the problem is we, we don't, we don't, we don't have these kind of conversations to say, you know, what's your goal? What's your spiritual aspirations? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and, and do we practice together? Can we practice together? How do we practice together? And it just goes back to an old cliche saying, and I come off of it, man, to a degree, the family that prays together stays together. And I don't mean all of them stay together, but my, my, my point is strive to build a bond where both people are in conscious agreement. Because if not, then one person is in the dark, and then we say this, well, that person ain't on my level, and I took a turn here, and the other person's over here. Man, you know what that feels like? We know what that feels like. We, we we see that, and I think society as a whole sees it. You know what I'm saying? But the way that you get to EC is to just have a straight-up, old-school conversation in the list because it's not hard to do. It's called what do you want? We simplified this thing over here with the priesthood to 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 what do you want? And I don't want to hear about all this stuff. And blah, blah, blah. You call me, what do you want? And when I say that, not that you're bothering me, but what do you desire? Because now we can, let's, okay, let's put a formula together, damn it. That's what you want, bam. Let's go get it. Shut up. Go get it. Build it. Like, what are you whining about? You know what I mean? To a degree. And, and, and when do we boss up into that? And so we start understanding the dynamics of how does Zodiac work, where it gets its support from. Um. The signs that are two signs away from you are supposed to be the signs that offer you immediate support, okay? So when you understand the, di- the, the, the diagram of the wheel, we're talking about Libra. Well, what's two signs prior to Libra? Leo, which is, which is a fire sign, but Libra is an air sign, so it makes sense. You see what I'm saying? So the way the zodiac works is it deals with compatibility through a sequence. You see what I'm saying? And so well, we understand this right here, and then with two signs after Libra, well, Sagittarius. So Libra is flanked, its two support systems is flanked by fire signs, rightfully so. And Leo is that boss romantic aspect, but you got to step up into your leadership and don't be afraid to set the record straight to talk about what you, what's your fun, what's your creativity, what makes you love. See, that's the thing, what makes you love. You see what I'm saying? And and then Sagittarius on the other side is saying, okay, well, I'm the sign of the expansion of your consciousness. This is philosophy, also known as religion. And to a degree, you might as well say spirituality because philosophical text gets into spirit at times. So we have to understand the supporting factors when it comes to this frequency. What are your spiritual aspirations? 
So last week you heard Nick talk about crown down, a concept that I talked about and we, we talk about, you know, of understanding this, this this chakra diagram of the human body and how to start building relationships from the crown down from the top of your dome where we can get into this space because oftentimes we don't. We we, we come from, you know, we fight gravity here. This, we live in a society that, you know, wants a woman to lay down and have a baby where, you know, good and well, you maybe should be a little bit more in a vertical position. We fight these uphill battles where it's so much easier to, and, and, and it's just so much easier to go downhill and let gravity do the work for you versus you fighting and creating all this resistance for ourselves and whatnot. So I'm saying that to say, um, it can be fixed, bro. You can get to EC, but I, I strongly admit because Libra is the balance. It's your kidneys in your body. See, I wrote this in our book. Our book is Spiritual Wisdom for the 21st Century. Me and Drew penned the book together. Uh, it's on Amazon, but in fact, I got some on my astrology coach. You got a few in the house that you can get a signed edition if you order it. Um, but we talked. I talked about how my father himself was a victim of kidney issues, um, based upon his perception of my mother. This is a real story, and I always share the story because it's the truth. Um, and you know, got to really look at this thing. You know, my, my mom. Uh, she cheated on my dad, right? So I don't know if she left an imprint on me to say, y'all ain't shit, y'all bees ain't nothing, right? Possibly, right? So that probably made me go to the strip club. But my dad was always, uh, he was was always, this is the funny part, he's an admirer of beauty, right, of female beauty. I'm talking about dude got Jet magazines, the beauty of the week, and he would grade them one through ten and cut them out, you know, tear them out and stack them. I can get him on the line right now. He'll tell you the beauty of the week from those years and pull him out and stuff. So I, I grew up watching, you know, seeing him having Player Magazine, Hustler Magazine, Larry Flint, um, Hugh Hefner, Playboy Magazine, and then later Blacktail came along. So, like, my dad got pictures, personal Polaroid pictures with Vanessa Del Rio, the porn queen. So my dad is like a, like, you know, he's a, he was like a porn connoisseur, right? And so this is interesting because now I'm going to show you why why we pick our parents, right? So so my mom, my dad used to all, but he's a workaholic. This is the dude that has, you know, he's been working since he's 10 years old on a paper route, working at the filling station in his later years. And then as you know, he always had a job, always two jobs, a part-time job on the weekend and then his regular um, second shift job, you know, for 17 years. So he's at work, and he's never home because he's a workaholic, and my mom, I guess her boyfriend is coming over. I can't physically remember this dude coming over, but my dad said, paying attention to my conversation, I just flat out told, like, mommy friend Art was over. And that, that was his name, Art, right? And uh, which is, you know, shout out to Art, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> so, so my dad was like, "What?" You know, so he put it together, and they divorced over that shit. That wasn't cool because my mama was actually sleeping with a nigga in our house. That was my daddy' house because my mama didn't have a job; she wasn't working at that time. My daddy was paying everything. So this is uh, listen. My daddy said that the women neighbors used to think my daddy was the other man because he be gone so much. God damn, Art used to be over all the time and shit, right? <laughs> real story, man. This is some real stuff. So this created the divorce. So now I see my dad on the weekend type of thing, right? <clears throat> and so, um, um, you know, my dad to this day still knows Art. 
um, license plate number. He'd be like, Art Thomas, 1985 Nissan Maxima, license plate C as in Charlie, H as in Harold, you know, 758. You know, he'd run that shit down to you at the blink of an eye, right? And so he's holding on, never married again, and decided he'd never have children again. I was part of that reason as well because, you know, he swore to tell him what I wasn't going to do when I was a kid. I wasn't doing stuff. So, um... He carried this pain, and then, you know, speed the story up, man, he has, uh, you know, he goes to dialysis, and, and kidneys is ruled by Libra, Libra rules marriages, and I said, oh, shit, is it, a, is it a coincidence that most of his stress comes from his perception or his experience from his ex-wife? He don't know that I know that year, mad years later, that uh, my mama slid by there and they hooked up on one time. He don't know I know, but I know because me and my mama super cool, <laughs> right? But he's still holding on, but, you know, but okay, nigga, don't act like I don't know. You hit that again, but okay. Anyway, so, um, you know, he, he goes through this kidney thing, but I'm saying that to say, ladies and gentlemen, you got to get real serious because I'm going to tell you something. I was talking to Minister Jew about this. I get when people used to be like, yo, I'm old, I'm getting old, I'm, I'm older now, I'm old, because the metabolism in the body starts to quote-unquote slow down, right? And you notice when everybody gets older, they gain weight, they ain't as skinny as they used to be, because the metabolism is slowing down. And what happens is, and we're going to create this piece talking about your zodiac zones, in the case of my father, his perception of this woman and his experience Stress goes to the adrenals and sits on top of the kidneys. When you get into a chronic state of stress, the body starts to create these cells called receptor sites. You can Google this, real talk, receptor sites and daughter cells, which simply means, okay, there's a lot of stress here, so I need to create a cell that's going to eat up this chemical because the body loves you that much that it will try to do that for you by itself without your own consciousness without your, your your regular consciousness. This is how beautiful God is. So let's say, listen, I'm going to create these cells that are designed to take in the stress. But this is the catch because this is a very chronic state. So obviously, you know, you know, system overload and he goes through this process and whatnot. But why this is a dangerous state is because these cells get hungry. So when you're happy, you're starving them, and then they send a signal back up to the brain like, hello, I need stress juice here because this is what I'm made for. And what happens is you start to recall, oh, she cheated on me in 1985, and, and, and your mama ain't shit. And, you know, you remind me of your mama. And I always thought you and your mama was playing the game with me about money. It gets all into this. You see what I'm saying? Because I serve as a mirror. I'm the product of that. But I'll tell you, and I come off the gas with this because I made a statement of why we pick our parents, right? Because why would I pick a dude that was obsessed with, you know, beauty and women? And I, I got this straight, too. It's part of the reason why um, I don't believe in failure, but I'll, I'll, I'll set the standard definition here, here for me personally of the traits that I carry based off my own consciousness, okay? I'm not blaming anybody here of why my marriage came to an end because – um, I got this thing for beautiful women. I do, right? So I was, you can, if I ever revert back to the streets, you're going to see me being a, I will be a exotic club owner because that was my very first business that I'd done for myself in life was I created 
um, back then, this was 1999, literally before 2000, I had a site called MyBlackHoney.com. So I've got, i got to tell it. I just got a spill of beans, and I'm just going to give you all my confessions of an astrologer, which is my memoirs when I leave the earthly plane. you all going to be able to get all the game from me that, you know, just my real stories, confessions of an astrologer, all right? And so, um, you know, it was called MyBlackHoney.com, but it was specializing, and it's some Scorpio thing for next week maybe, because I don't know if I really want to get, get in the juice on, on next week because I know we're stuck on, on this EC thing and we got some problems that we need, really need to – understand before we can evolve but um I, that website specialized in the art of female orgasm because as men um we were at least me you know i can say this as a general statement we wasn't taught that women can have orgasms because um that's stupid why would you do that when when to bust a nut means, you know, a baby comes out of the end result of that? So why would a woman even have an orgasm because an orgasm is having a nut? Why would a woman nut when she don't have sperm? That's stupid, right? So we wasn't sexually educated about the anatomy of a woman. We find this out years later. And I remember the first time I ever found out about a clitoris. Can we talk real tonight? Okay, we can do this. I remember this, right, in, in, in high school. I didn't get to this to high school. And um, like what you do? What like yeah, man, you touch it and she start to wiggle. Stop lying, nigga, you lie. Yeah, man, it's like a little dick, man. Touch it and see, right? So you go like, oh my god, for real. So this becomes you know one of the many magical spots. This ain't you ain't even learn. You ain't even learn about G spot yet. You don't get that till you get older in twenty in your twenties. You know what I'm saying? And so anyway, so this particular site uh, again was just specializing in the art of women. So at this time, I had already um, I was taking this business plan over to um, the strip club, Columbus, Ohio. Shout out to my Gold Club folks, you know who 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 know that, you know what I mean. And you used to manage that. Now at this time, I'm your nigga Drew down. I got finger waves and shit, and a perm. <laughs> I got 84 caddy and 99 Tahoe. I'm permed up, you know what I'm saying, straight from from the Midwest, literally. Fur, fur coats with the derby brim hat, you know, with the feather in it, with finger waves, and the ends is curling arm bumped up. What? What you talking about, right? Fresh, right? This is so, horrible. Right? No, this is real. This is real still, right? Because I, I want to show you something why I picked my father because I didn't come into this knowledge until later. And I'm going to tie this. I'm going to tie this all in. So, um, you know, so then when I get into this astro portion of this thing, right, and I start looking because one of the things you want to do immediately is you want to start looking at your your family members, um, and you want to start you know you can just and I'm telling y'all this stuff is not rocket science. And since y'all here, y'all here for a reason. Um, there's something about the astro aspect that you're seeking to understand, and I strongly advise you to go to astro.com and um, sign up for free. And put your information in there, birth, you know, your birth data. Put your children's and your mother's and, and just see if you can find common denominators because everything is all symbolic, meaning the planetary glyphs, red lines, blue lines, green lines. You see these lines. You see this planet looks like it's over here in this sign that looks like a six and a nine, so therefore that's cancer. Oh, what a coincidence, my kid or my mom has something right here in cancer too and just start to see if you can see some parallels so my dad has um the moon in scorpio now my mama is november 22nd so she's on the cusp in 
my dad told me, you know, your mama's Sagittarius. I remember in high school she used to wear a jacket that said Sag. And I said, nah, buddy. What happens is later on that day it turned to Sagittarius. But I bet my life my mama is a 29-degree Scorpio because what is Scorpio? Scorpio is sexual secrets. But not only that, the moon, which represents a female energy, my daddy was born with the moon in Scorpio. So that means Mr. – and he's an Aquarius. So Aquarius and Scorpio don't mix. So when I'm, what am I saying? I want you all to pay very, very close attention to this. If my daddy is an Aquarius, which the sun was an Aquarius when he was born, but the moon, the female component, this is called a square to one another. This is friction. This means you're going to have some type of problem from a female energy, sir. But you were born with this, mister. Because yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at him. He was born with this. So your sexual appetite that you have for women via Jet Magazine and Blacktail and yada, 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 transpired into a woman having uh, an affair, a secret sexual affair, which is Scorpio, um, on you. So for me, when I saw that he had the Scorpion moon, it gave me insight about my mom, in a sense, knowing her real sign because she's on the cusp. But then it also gave me insight of why I would pick him as a parent because I would later go through um, I needed that experience. I needed that Players Club experience. And I'm going to tell you all something, I'll come off the gas with this. Because um, I know a lot of people, we from the streets, we, we in that culture. It's not all cracked up to, you know, it, it don't. It's, it's just not all that. And it's like Players Club for real where, you know, people have problems. Um, but I needed that experience um, because uh, I learned, and nor have I ever wanted to be. I never wanted to be a pimp. That, that That's too hard. That, that, you're cold-blooded if you're a pimp. Bitch, get my money. Shut up. Don't you eat food. I, I beat a pimp up doing that before. Well, he stepped to me with it first, like, don't don't be feeding my hoe no food. And I'm, I'm, you know, so he told me, like, don't bring my hoe no food. And I sat up there and went and got food for the whole damn club. So, again, I swear to God, man, I'm going to make a song. I'm going to make a story about this shit. It's called The Gold Club. I'm talking about late 90s, early 2000s in Columbus, Ohio, on the east side. You're from Ohio. You know what I'm talking about. And shit. So, um, <clears throat> you know, but, again, just to bring it all back, man, Listen, the experiences that we have in relationships, like Nick said, are, are very loving relationships. They're very divine. They're they're either what the Kabbalah says is they're they're here to serve as a lesson, to extract a great lesson, but then 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 there's relationships obviously that are more of the harmonious aspect. And you have to figure out and draw your blueprint up immediately that what makes you happy inside of a relationship and 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 like I said last week, and I'm not going to reiterate that, but listen to that first show because we talked about a conflict resolution plan because conflict is going to happen. Develop that and see if both of y'all can come up to the forefront because if not and you stay in a prolonged situation and if you have age and your metabolism starts to slow down, this shit starts to turn into what is called disease. Like my daddy, it starts to turn into disease in your body. You understand what I'm saying? And so just be real, man, and come to the table and just say, hey, what is it that you want? What This is what I want. Can we make this work? What's the conflict resolution plan? This is how we handle conflict. Bam, and go get it and be the best, man. Sorry about that little rant there. No, (laughs) it was awesome. (laughs) Um, And and I love that you you 
spoke about uh, Libra representing communication, of course, it being an air sign. Um, And and coincidentally, I was just having this conversation uh, yesterday with my homegirl about, you know, a lot of times we go into relationships making assumptions. And I, I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, you know, oftentimes we sign the contract before we actually read it, right? What do I mean by signing the contract? We make the commitment. You, you, my girlfriend. You, my boyfriend. We having sex with each other, right? And and sex is 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 definitely uh, uh, sort of seals the deal for women. Women, women, women experience and and define sex differently than men do. So men are finding themselves in these unintended relationships with women because nobody has a discussion to define the terms of the relationship and vice versa, right? So we don't sit down to discuss what's your expectation of a wife? What's your expectation of a husband? Are we dating, you know, or or are we just seeing each other? We're just chilling, right? And so a lot of times we, we have these assumptions about what part of the relationship we we're in, what you're here to get out of the relationship, what you intend to give to me in the relationship. We're making a lot of assumptions about these things, and and a lot of times those assumptions are responsible for the conflicts that we see in our relationships. I, I can think about it with, with my partner. He and I were both the first when we moved in together with each other. That was both my first time living with a guy, and it was his first time living with a chick. And so here we we both kind of just showed up day one with our assumptions and expectations about what your job is going to be in the house, what my job is going to be in the house, and, and that was based on what we had seen from in our own household with our parents, right? So here he was assuming that I was going to do all of the chores, you know, or, or you know, we we don't we don't define the roles, we don't define the terms, and if if we can, I I love it in 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 the in the Hindu culture, um, they call it uh in they call it karma yoga, which is non attachment to the fruit of your action, and and I'm I'm associating that with this concept that I was talking about a couple of weeks ago about being present with the now, actually doing our work. Right, and we had, and the gentleman he called in and asked the question about, uh, I forget what his specific question was, but what it boiled down to was, you know, yeah, everything seems really harmonious now, but continue to do your work, right? So we begin sometimes to attach ourselves to whatever the end result is, and we get distracted from doing the actual work, right? So just like we've been talking about this concept of of crown down love versus root up lust, right? We want to get to the pot of gold, right? So we we get distracted and, and, and ain't reading the fine print in the contract until after we get to the pot of gold, you know, now we naked and, oh, uh, you know, come to find out she gonna cook and clean. You know, we we find out that this is not necessarily going to be a space where our actual needs are going to be met. So, so I, so I, I, I appreciate um, you talking about communication um, in this aspect, and, and communication is such a huge component of our relationships. 
can't, do we feel confident and comfortable enough with each other to actually have honest conversations with each other about what we really want out of our relationships? Right? Sometimes we show up to these relationships with our representatives on and we don't wore the mask of that representative for so long, we can't be our actual selves. So if you can't be your real self in the relationship, that means your needs cannot be met. I have to pretend that my needs are X, Y, and Z, right? A, a lot of times, you know, there's. I, I can only speak from my experience as a woman, but as women, we can feel pressured in our relationships not to be too demanding, right? Because there, there's the stigma of, of, of being a, a single black woman, right? So we don't want to be too demanding, but, you know, we don't want to be, we don't, we don't want to seem like we need too much attention. We don't want to be too needy. We don't want to be this. We don't want to be th- that. And we become so consumed with pretending to be the puzzle piece that we think is going to fit into this equation that we don't get our needs served, we don't get our needs met. And what ends up happening? We find that we've outgrown the relationship. We find, you know, or and, you know, all things eventually get revealed. You know, all that light ends up getting shined on our, our secrets, those skeletons we have in the closet. And so we find out about those things, and they and, and come to find out it was a deal breaker for us. So now we got to break up. Now I got to be mad at you. So if we can, if we can, if we can do our due diligence, our karma yoga, not being attached to my agenda for this relationship, getting sex out of the relationship, getting a ring on my finger and having a husband, having somebody to take care of me. If we can simply detach ourselves from whatever that need is and focus specifically on doing the work in the moment, getting to know this person, traveling with them through, you know, from from the crown down, traveling with them through their chakras, finding out who they are at the spiritual level, at the heart level. Right when we start talking about the lower chakras and how those how those lower chakras deal with our sense of self esteem, our self confidence, right? If if we can if we can remain conscious and focused in the moment to actually do the work, then we we can find that we can make informed decisions about the relationships that we're entering into. Um, I did get one other question, um, and, and that question was, um, if all if all is divine, why should we aim to change our resonance? And I think that question was in response to us kind of talking about how, you know, we have this resonance from our hearts. Um, and, and and Noble, to, I I loved uh, what Noble said uh, on Friday about this idea that we can actually change our blood types. Noble's talk, Noble spoken before about um, having a DNA implosion, right? So so that being responsible for um, having a change, having an impact on um, on his reality, how he showed up in the world, right? So. The question being, if everything is divine, why would we want to change our resonance? Um, you know, I think that, and, and we, we're always advocating that 
failure is good. Mistakes are good because we can grow from those things, right? And, yes, that's true. It's definitely important for us to embrace the challenges in life. It's definitely important for us to learn to grow from, you know, those hurdles that we stumble over. But a mistake made so many times eventually becomes self-abuse. It becomes us feeding our our lower nature. It becomes us us feeding our egos. I was having a conversation earlier today about this idea that we can feed we can either choose to feed our egos or we can choose to feed our spirits and how do we cho- we feed our spirits? We can feed our spirits through meditation, but the greatest way for us to feed and or exercise or grow our spirits is to learn to listen to it. And and I always talk about that that still quiet voice that that is exactly those things. It's quiet. It's not shouting at you, telling you what move to make next. It's, it's subtle. It's quiet. It's, it's it's this very serene voice, but that that voice can become very difficult to listen to if our egos are too big and greedy and in the way. And what do I mean by feeding our egos? Well, I simply mean reacting to every experience in life, right? Anger pops up for me, I got to explode, right? We have to learn that just because we experience an emotion, just because we experience a feeling, that does not require our reaction. We can choose to be present with it. We can choose to acknowledge it, but I don't have to run the driver off the road who cut me off every time it happens, right? I don't have to uh, spank my child every time she makes me angry. That's what I'm talking about, feeding our egos. So doing the opposite, right, refraining or resisting from the the reaction, from the explosion, explosion is actually the thing that, that feeds our spirit because nine times out of ten, Spirit is is sitting back quietly saying, nah, Nick, I wouldn't do that if I was you. (laughs) Not a good idea. And and I I can identify that very voice several times in my life, and when I chose to ignore it, I got myself into a lot of trouble. So, so, so learning to lean into that voice, learning to trust that voice. And really, I think that's what a lot of our experiences in this life is about, right? We're trying to return back to our original divine nature. It's there, but for a lot of us, it's very dormant. So we have to exercise it. We got to feed it. We have to nurture that thing. And when we can do that, and that be the thing that guides us, we're going to find that we have much more harmony in our lives. We're going to find that we have much more peace. We're going to find that our unions and our relationships are 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 peaceful that that they're nurturing rather than you know these destructive uh energy sucking relationships that that we often find ourselves in 
and, and, and a lot of times it, it's, it, it's, not, it's, it's the baggage that we end up accumulating. Noble just got done talking about the, the kidney issues with his father because he had been carrying the baggage for so long, it manifested into a physical reality for him. So that's something to be really, really careful about. Um, yes, all things are divine. All experiences are divine. But we've got to be really careful about learning not to abuse ourselves. And, and something that I've been leaning into very much and, and, and developing some some conversation around is this great need for us to learn to be kind to ourselves, to learn to take care of ourselves. In our society, there's, there's a very prevalent encouragement for us to abuse ourselves. And anything in excess is abuse. So learning to care for ourselves, learning to be kind to ourselves, these these important things, these important attributes are, are things that we've got to learn on an individual level so that we can offer and bring them into our relationships. So learning learning not to abuse ourselves. Yes, we can embrace challenges. Yes, we can embrace uh, difficulties in life. But we don't want to marry ourselves to the struggle. What you think about that, Noble? No, that's that's that's, that's real spill, man. That's a good game. <clears throat> you don't want to do that. Um, two things with that. Well, one, one, one. Before I forget, you know, if you are in a relationship, man, um, you know, something we teach in, in the inner peace class, especially as we evolve. Um, and again, it goes back to why I picked my father because I had to have sexual experience. Um, as my forte, meaning like when you look at in astrology, you look at my chart, you know, I got a cluster of energy, uh, three planets in one location called the eighth house. And the eighth house is the house of, it's really the house of Scorpio. Um, so although I'm Aquarius, I got some Scorpio traits. Um, but I had I had to get that because, Later, as I become awakening, and this is why you this is why you want to change your resonance because when you become awakening, when you know better, you do better, right? Mm-hmm. So then it was like, oh, when you see stuff on, you know, the the the, the sacred arts of tantra, or in Taoism, um, and you start seeing that, wait a minute, sex is actually a vehicle for spirituality. Get out of here for real. Oh, see, see, in your nigga state, I had to get you to the strip club, nigga, so you can, you know, start to, you know, at least be indoctrinated with the ideology of sex. You see what I'm saying? So then when you later grow up and wake up and make this change, it will be some things in place for you to see that you were on the divine path all along. But since your parents weren't conscious and your hood weren't conscious in your immediate environment, nobody was in there to say, hey, young man, won't you come out to strip club and come learn the tantric arts? Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So you want to change because when you know better, you do better. And I was thinking about something today that it was a story. Um, it's a story that's shared that, talk, that talks about, um, you know, a person sat down on the bench 
and he left his bag of money and he set it up under, you know, he set it up under, you know, the bench and he gets up and he walks away from it. Another person come, person B comes, sit down, see the money, take the money, leave the bag and dip out, comes and sit down. So when person A comes back, he like, yo, where my money at? Person C like, man, I ain't see no money. And he's like, yo, it was some money here. And then person A punches person C, right? <laughs> And so the person who's making this observation was a, a student of a master, to, and the student's at, the, um, question was, why is there good and evil? And he said, well, go down to the courthouse and just sit outside of the, you know, the, the courthouse and just observe. So he came back and he told the master what he saw. And so the master said, see, this is where you have to understand reincarnation is because person A, you, although he punched person C, Person C, who appears to be innocent, was actually the judge. Hmm. Person B, who stole the money, was uh, actually had money stolen from him from person A in a past life. You feel me? And so then I said, well, shit, if that's the case, then the person who punched person C, who appeared to be innocent, then the person who did the wrongdoing by punching this person, then... There's no wrongdoing. So why even strive to do good because all is divine, like that question that you just posed. But then I said, no, 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 it's not. Although we teach all is divine, but here's the reason why you want to make, why you want to make the change. Because you will always put in motion, and let's just use negativity, for example, you will always put in motion negativity. You understand what I'm saying? And so... You want to change because you want to get to EC, meaning in all areas of life, you want things in your life to be extremely compatible with you. Because, again, you're not going to raise your hand and say, yeah, I want a discrepancy, I want these issues. That's not what we desire. So you want to make this change so, you know, you can just have the best possible outcome. So it's very important to change the resonance if you feel like there's, you know, there's some room to grow. And it's funny because I always look back, and especially when it comes to relationships, I always look back and think about, you know, how I've grown, and even as a person, and watch what I thought I knew a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, or whatever, and just watch how I grow. It's like, man, dude, I'm almost to a point where I see why they go off to the mountaintops and don't be bothered with people because you're forever growing inside of this thing. You see what I'm saying? So um, change, man. Make 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 that change if you if you can honestly see where's some room to grow. And trust me, it's always something there that you can work on. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So um, why don't we go to the line and see if we got any questions from our yeah, if any, today? Yeah, if anybody got a you know press one. If you got a question, today is about Q and A. You know what I mean? If you got a question, go ahead and press one. Comment. Press one. Now's the time. Don't sit there. But you can sit there if you want to. Let's go ahead, because we got like 50 minutes streaming left. But uh, we encourage you, man. If you got a question, go ahead and press one. You know, do that. They sit in quiet like church mice. <laughs> but um, well, no, press one. Hmm? Perhaps you know. we thoroughly covered the subject and answered all questions. So maybe that's yeah. You know, could could be. Could absolutely be. We got somebody. Hold on. Let me see. Caller from the 516737. What's happening? Hi, how are you? I'm good. Hi. I'm good. What's your name? <laughs> Mati. 
Well, what's happening, Monty? What's good? Um, I, I was listening to you all earlier. I don't know how you got my email address, but um, you said, hey, tune in. So I said, let me tune in. Yeah. And so it <laughs> sounds really, really good what you all are talking about. Very interesting. I don't know much about astrology, um, but um, I'm an Aries. And I find okay. it to be a little bit challenging being a a a woman with a male zodiac sign with a oh, lot wow. of energy, and um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of challenging. Uh, and uh, I was just wondering what what is I, I noticed that when you were speaking about Libra, you said that two signs from the Libra, there's Leo on one side and there's Sagittarius on another, which would be like the the Libra's helper. So I was wondering what would be my what would be the one that would be like the signs that would be most compatible for me as an Aries. Gotcha. Or my Aries on one end and Gemini on the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting question. Um, or, or question that you asked. Um, it's, I <laughs> I can relate to the question. Um, and you got to make sure that you go back in the archives and check out our show on Aries. Um, and so you're absolutely right. You know, Aries is a fire sign. It's a masculine sign. Um, Aries is associated with Mars, which is kind of the war god. Um, tell tell us what you mean. I don't want to make any assumptions. What do you mean by it's, it's difficult being a woman having uh, a, a, a male or masculine uh, sun sign? Well, um, I really respect men who are, like, more, like, masculine, who are alpha male signs. I don't really have a lot of respect for, um, I'm just being honest, I don't mean it a mean way. My attention is more, my my attention is gained more by a man who is, who is not passive, like, not passive or weak. Um, you like strong men. I, <laughs> I said strong men. Strong men. I like strong men. I respect strong men. Yeah. Um, but not to the point where they're competing against me, uh, mm-hmm. competing with me with the energy that I have. Now, I have very strong energy. Um, I don't know if it's because it's a masculine sign or but I do find that I meet a lot of guys that feel um, threatened by my strong energy, and at times I'm not at all competing with them. I just have a very high, strong energy, and um, I'm a New Yorker. I'm not really from New York. I'm from Maryland. But growing up in New York, I found that I became a little bit more aggressive to work to get what it is I need. And having grown up with two parents who I never want, my stepmother and my father, who were married for 32 years, they never – argued with one another in front of me and my brothers. They never cursed. They never uh, yelled uh, at each other. They always spoke a little bit higher than a whisper. I'm a little bit the opposite of that. I only go into that tone of really being really mellow and purred out when I'm like fasting or when I've detoxed. So when I say a masculine sign, I've heard other famous Aries women say this too. I remember um, I heard Diana Ross say this too, and I was like, wow, I can relate to it. I think just having a very strong energy um, and uh, I think standing, uh, when I say a a masculine sign, I mean a a very strong energy, having a strong energy, being somewhat uh, aggressive. 
um, stand, and standing up for myself, it seems like it's not considered very attractive to the men that I have met in the past. And, um, you know, I, I think that, that can be a little bit of a challenge. I find that if I'm standing up for myself, I'm not doing it because I'm challenging the man. I'm just standing up for myself because if they're dishonest and I grew up where I saw a lot of dishonesty in my family, I try to like make up for it by addressing it and saying, Hey, let's get, let's like move forward and, you know, be positive and honest here. But it is misinterpreted as, I don't know, me being aggressive or me trying to wear the pants. So I don't know. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, I, I heard, a, I heard a couple of things in that, um, well, first of all, I, I think innately you are going to find yourself challenged in that based on the nature of the society that we live live in, right? Um, and by that I mean we live in a society where men are not men are not encouraged to embrace any sense of femininity within themselves. So when we find ourselves in these conversations about role reversals where you have women who are really strong and, and maybe men uh, feel challenged by that, uh, or even you have men who maybe are more feminine. Like this this is a reality between in, in, in individuals and human beings. There are some men who are very nurturing, you know, men cooks and male nurses, you know, men who are considered to have uh, feminine qualities. And typically those men are uh, not held to the highest regard in our society, right? That's a bitch, you know. We have a typically a, a low regard for femininity found in men. So I think to a certain extent um, that's just the nature of it. You're going to find yourself challenged within that. Um, I, I think – I'll speak I'll speak from my own experience which um I I'm a cancer so my sun sign is actually a feminine sign however my natal chart makeup is 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 pretty masculine um I have a lot of fire in my chart um and I'm a I can be a fiery individual and so I can relate to that um that sort of conflict or that resistance um, from men feeling challenged by by strong women, um, and I think all women can relate to that uh, to a degree, because just as much as our society sort sort of sets these standards around what it means to be male in our society, there are also standards about what it means to be woman and female in our society, and oftentimes those descriptions and those roles do not include speaking up for yourself. So automatically women get sort of grouped into this cluster of, you know, you know, we get to doing the name calling and those types of things because in our society we don't consider that to be uh, acceptable behavior for women. Typically, I was reading, I was uh, reading some research the other day, um, talking about um, uh, success um, with women, corporate success with women, and typically women who are um, successful in their careers have corporate success um, are not generally considered to be. Uh, or perceived, I should say, to be friendly or nice women. 
So that's a it's a really interesting and, and complex conversation that goes on um, in our society about male female roles. I think the challenge becomes learning how to how to balance it. How to balance it? Like I said earlier, I have, uh, you know, a lot of times we think that we we're required to react to an emotion as it arises. We have to respond to our anger arising. And what I've had to learn personally is just picking my battles. Um, yes, I I feel strongly about certain things. Yes, I'm passionate about a lot of things, but it's not always my place necessarily. Necessary. Uh, necessarily to to voice that, and so I've had to learn um, really really a sense of diplomacy. Um, the other thing that I heard you speaking to within that, and like I said before, you got to go back to our Aries show. Um, I, I heard you speaking to sort of a, a sense of defensiveness. Uh, based on your experiences growing up as a child, and so now you feel the need to address that in your adulthood. And I would just caution gently to be conscious of that, to be careful of that, because in in your assertiveness, you don't want to always be responding to people, to the world, from a space of of defensive defensiveness. So so being present in that and being conscious of um, questioning sort of not necessarily our motives or our intentions, because I, I do hear you saying that your intention is simply to, you know, instill some peace, but it, a lot of times it gets perceived differently. And and I would just suggest that sometimes our intentions um, are not, as easily or as seamlessly communicated um, um, in in leaving our hearts and 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 coming out of our mouths. Right. You know. Um, you know. Aries. When we say Aries, just take this. Always take this in consideration. That's just your sun sign, your zodiac sign. It's very important for the skill eye to know where the other planets were at, like the moon and Mars and things of that nature. So when you hear Nikki give a, refer, a reference to, I'm a cancer, but I have a lot of fire energy, she comes to that conclusion because the majority of the other planets, when she were born, were in fire signs. So she has some in Leo, she has some in Sagittarius, and then collectively together that fire masculine principle will outweigh that one sun sign being in cancer is what she's talking about. So it's important to know that what we would call the total elemental makeup of the person. But let's address it on the physical plane of where you're at with Aries being a very masculine, yang, outgoing sign. Um, you got Gemini on one side. And this is the thing about Aries. There are four signs in the zodiac that needs a little bit more freedom than the other signs, especially when it comes to relationships. Aries is one because this polar opposite is Libra, which we're talking about today. Now, Libra can serve as a perfect balance to you because it's the sign that's opposite you. Aries is fire, and it needs that air to breathe, and Libra is air. But we have to be careful here, and both souls need to be definitely evolved because that opposition 
sometimes and oftentimes turns into a conflict because these are two people who oppose one another. However, the truth of it is supposed to mean true balance is supposed to come into place here. So you have Gemini on one side and Aquarius on the other side, the air signs that offer you this. Now, this is interesting because the four signs that need freedom is Aries, Gemini, Sagittarius, and Aquarius. Okay, these four need a little bit more freedom than the other signs, especially when it comes to relationships. So you, if, let's just say, for example, you do have that strong Diana Ross, Aries, Yang energy. What's the balance to it? Well, if since you notice that you don't necessarily like yin men, feminine men, men that may be a little bit more passive in the sense, then what other fire signs or air signs to bring to the table is um, that 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 masculine air component that feeds that fire that challenges your own intellect because air signs are very intellectual, right? So you may need that particular I want to say challenge, but you may need that particular complement is is the word that I'm looking for here. So look at your total elemental makeup is something that we can do over here at my astrology coach and help you out. And um, Nikki got something, too, that you can um, email the Zodiac Lovers at Gmail where she can take a look and give you an elemental analysis and, most importantly, um, things to do to learn how to balance that energy. It's very important. So there's nothing wrong with that Yang energy you got because Yang energy, see, Aries, I got Venus in Aries, so I, I just naturally have a love for the Aries principle, which simply means that, Aries is about the conquest. When we, when we, when you, if you go back in the archives, sis, and you listen to show number one, because we started with Aries, that was a fire show. It was a really good show. When creation came about, the story that I tell is, out of these 12 zodiac signs, 11 of them were scared to death to go first, and only one person had the heart to do it, and that was Aries, because <laughs> Aries is the first zodiac sign. So since this is the first zodiac sign that we count and you see how this equates to jumping out the window head first or being head head first and you see it again in in culture because Aries is the realm but with the police come then knock the door down with the battering realm you understand what I'm saying like this is the one that knocks the doors down it's the pioneer I'm not afraid to go first so that's the energy that you have so a great compliment to that are other fire signs and air signs. Now, be careful, though, because remember, just because you meet a man that may be a cancer and you are, he may have a lot of other planets that's in, let's just say, I don't know, in Gemini. And that's very possible because, you know, Gemini is one sign before cancer. So his Mercury can be a Gemini. Mars and Venus could be in Gemini. You know, see what I'm saying? And he really has some masculine energy that compliments you. So don't necessarily disqualify someone solely based off of their sun sign because it's a science that we must look a little bit more deeper beyond the surface, beyond the surface with. So um, email us if you still have that question. You and Nikki can work out something with the elemental aspect. It's thezodiaclovers at gmail.com. Um, and if anybody else, you got a question, now's the time. Press one. 
Um, and thank you for your question. And then uh, when Spirit gave me your email, I guess, I don't know what happened, but you must have signed <laughs> up on one of these one of these websites we have. That's how we get the email. We got a few websites, and we just try to consolidate them to the best of our ability. So we thank you for definitely calling and, and recognizing the divinity in you. And, and, and here's the thing, too, because we, we talked about this last week about there are only four type of relationships, you know, and what y'all heard, ladies and gentlemen, is a woman identified the yang quality, the masculine quality. And yang is, is constructive yang is, yo, let's go work out. Let's let's get it in. I always say ride a bike. Let's have great sex. You have to physically exhaust the energy. That's yang. Yin is the other way around. It's like, ah, let's meditate. Let's sit in the park and look at the ducks and let's talk and you know, it's very nurturing and very loving in a sense. Not that Yang is not loving, but Yang just it, it has to have Amy, why are goals you on the couch? and objectives. Leave Dolly alone. But you gotta have you gotta have goals and objectives um, when you have a, a very strong Yang energy. So definitely, definitely understand these 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 things. And the other two is just a mixture of both Yin and Yang, where you know. It flows evenly, and then it can be a role reversal, like Nikki said, and we talked about that last week. And um, sometimes that's good in a constructive relationship too, and that and that also represents balance, because you would think that you know balance is called yin yang. So if you yang, why wouldn't you want to have a, you know, I don't want to say a feminine man, but a man that possesses nurturing qualities to be the balance, and you absolutely can, you know what I mean. Um, although this person may not be timid and can stand up to you, would not, but the person's nature may be uh, a little bit, what we would just call a little bit more nurturing. See, that's the beauty about this thing because we can have whatever we desire. All it takes is a conscious agreement and recognizing what the energy is and you know what our goals is, our objectives is, that we can go conquer the world. But to, you know, generalize Aries is just a it's the conquest, man. Let's, let's let's go do it. Let's go take over the world. Let's ride, ride or die. Let's go. You know what I mean? Can't sit still, type of thing. You know. And so use it constructively, and whatnot. And um, I don't think you got a comment, but go ahead, sis. You still there? Yes, I am here, and I just want to thank both of you okay. for that, uh, for what you get, the information that you gave me, and um, um, yeah, I will get in contact with you all. Um, in reference to just finding a little bit more. I do know my natal chart by heart. Um, but other than that, you know, um, challenging, I, I think, you know, uh, I've always heard that that term, you know, having to pick your own battles. And I've always just wondered, why is why is it that people consider love to be a battlefield? Why, 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 and, you know, why is it that it's a battle? Because, um, you know, it's like if I if I if I'm if, like me as a woman if if I address something a sub a particular subject that say for instance the person the man might not necessarily be as honest in it's not that I'm trying to challenge them to battle them to fight them I just thought that if we can we can clear we can clear it up we can move forward but I find that I think that my personal fear is as an Aries which it's a weakness is that if we don't address it and we don't clear it out, it's going to be a pattern that will repeat itself. And I've known women in my family that because they were, even though they were very feminine and soft and they were passive, they held a lot in and that's how they developed cancer and different mm. tumors and things and because they oppressed themselves. So I was just wondering how does, uh, so I, I, I guess I answered my own question is that 
I guess women have to, even though they they pick their own battles, there's a place where then they've got to go and meditate and transmutate negativity and accept that their partner may not necessarily be where they're at on a certain on a certain level or degree, and just keep it moving on. When you love the person, you just you 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 go beyond just that one experience with them, and you you just keep moving and you keep moving on, which is something an Aries can do. We can do that. It's just that if you want to earn the honor from an Aries woman, I can talk about myself. Then it's, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be honest. You gotta be real. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. But I really yeah, appreciate my mom is an Aries. Y'all, that, I, that's for sure. Aries, you gotta be honest with Aries. Yeah, that's all. I, yeah. I, I love men. I don't want to be a man. I, w- I want to be a woman. But I think that an Aries woman wants to make sure, okay, he's got this. Then she'll sit back and she's like, ah, I'm cool now. You know, I can, you know, I can be the cool fighter. You need to know he can handle the pressure. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. And I love what you said about noticing how a lot of the women in your family or some women in your family develop cancer and various tumors, uh, you know, because of, of holding things in. And and yeah. what I hear you speaking to is is something that that I talked about. I think it was in the Virgo show, but I, I talk about this concept that we, as women, you were speaking to it from the perspective of, of femininity. As women, yeah. a, a part of our challenge, especially in this society, is learning to trust that thing called our femininity. Right? Um, oh. We live in a, a highly masculine dominated society. So in this masculine dominated society, you know, the thing that's stronger, the thing that's bigger is the thing that wins. We're obsessed to a certain degree with this sense of competition, right? So yes. man is, you know, the, the man run the household because he's bigger, he's stronger, right? Woman is smaller, you know, she's she's subject to him. She's, she's, she's uh, subordinate to him is the word that I'm right. looking for. And so what what I want to propose is that in learning to trust that femininity and learning to trust our womanness, right? Okay. We we we've got to we we I hear you saying that you're addressing a specific issue. That issue being you don't want to let it go too far because then men will get the idea that they can take advantage of you. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and, it so, and, I, and, and it's going to repeat itself, absolutely. Yeah, and, and you don't want to set that particular tone. But what you're saying to me right. sis, is you're still so, – so, so the women in your family had one way of dealing with it, which was to ignore it, right? So that's, that's one way to deal with it, and it's, it's actually an extreme, right? But, but we're still talking about a specific issue, uh, our, our ability to assert ourselves amongst men. And some women do, and especially looking at, you know, different generations of women, um, you know, we were taught that, you know, you don't challenge men, and and, and, right. and so we there's 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 this sector of women typically you know our grandmothers and and older generations of women who turned away from that sense of assertiveness, and then here yes. you are saying, well, I want to de- I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with this same issue from a different perspective from the other extreme. I'm gonna I'm gonna face it head on, right? But ultimately, yes. you're still fighting the same demon. 
You're still upsetting right. yourself with this demon that says my womanness is inadequate. So I have to assert Yay. myself and kind of show the men that they can't run me over and take on this masculine uh, quality to show them that, you know, they can't run me over. But you, but it's still fighting the same demon. It's still an obsession with sure. the same problem. And as long as you give attention to that demon, that demon grows. Okay. So I, I I would I would suggest again it, it, it's finding a balance between the two, and that's what picking your okay. battles is about. That's what picking okay. your battles is about. You don't you don't every time it comes up you ain't you ain't gotta catch it every single time, but but if, if you if you if you learn to lean into that lean into that because your spirit will tell you which things need to be addressed, and if you learn and that's the feminine part of you that's the feminine part of all of us. So if you learn to lean into that, you, Spirit will nudge you and be like, nah, I need you to go handle this one. And then Spirit will be like, nah, lay back. That's, that's small potatoes, right? So that's that's the balance right there, learning learn which, learning which ones to let slide and which challenges to take on because not okay. all of them are going to be necessary. And as long as you and, 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 and as long as you feel obligated to address it every single time, you, you, you find yourself more and more obsessed with it. Now you're going to look for other situations to address, right? Mm-hmm. You become consumed with this woman is being violated. I need to go stick up for her, right? Yes. Somewhere in the middle. It's somewhere in the middle. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. You're very, you're very welcome. That's dope. And, um, you know, I'm going to say, too, as men, because, you know, what I heard, and that is, you know, nigga, you're going to lie, and if we don't talk about it, you're going to lie again, nigga. Let me, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something from a professional lying nigga told me, right? I'll tell you quickly, it's a condition, and I'll never forget it. Nine, no, it was 2000. I'm at the park with them children, and I look up and see baby mama coming out the house and going to put sugar water in my gas tank in my truck. And uh, I mean, I'm at the park. I see it, but I tell the kids, pack it up, let's go. And, you know, they, they didn't um, they didn't fix that right, and I had to get that gas tank dropped twice to get them, because sugar turns in. I don't even want to tell you all what happened, just in case I'm crazy on a line. But, you know, we all heard of the whole sugar and gas tank. Because we come from the culture where they talk about I bust the windows out your car, so we don't wanna we don't wanna tell the truth because you're crazy. We think that you can't handle the damn truth. You're gonna be violent and you gonna go breaking stuff and breaking dishes. Don't they do that, Nick? They break the dishes and all the china <laughs> and start getting crazy. So we have been taught that a woman will be very dramatic and. We want to avoid that. So, therefore, to avoid that, um, I just may tell a story. Call it from the 773-640, the prime minister. What's happening, man? What's popping, man? What's good with you? Hey, hey, what up, Mickey? Man, I just got a question. Um, <clears throat> the last caller, she, she said that um, keep repeating the same thing. Is there anything you guys can share with us on how to um, possibly clean up uh, a repeat uh, dealing with the relationship and the Libra access? Is there anything that we can do 
to um, to not have to keep making a spill on aisle seven. Uh, y'all have any insight on that? Yeah. See, that's what's wrong with y'all young generation. I always want the solution. Ain't nothing you can do. <laughs> Run! <laughs> I know I, 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 my first response was Minister Jew has a wonderful uh, technique called the Positron Pass, but go ahead, Noble. Right, 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 right. So we know um, that's a method that he has. Um, me, I like, I like when it comes to relationships, man. Right? Um, I like to get with the truth, man. And, and and what I mean by that is, can you truly be that bee that can extract that essence of truth out of that flower by coming to the realization of finding what I call, I can get myself on the pulpit to see this, the blessing in the lesson. Is it possible that you can get to this particular point of realization because this allows you to get to a very lofty state of consciousness, which is very important when you hear Nikki talk about uh, divine compassion or de- divine um, detachment, rather, where it's not that you don't care about a person, but you understand that you are 100% in control of your brain. And I, I want to clear that up, too, because sometimes we, we, we use this blanket statement called emotions. Oh, oh just forgive me because you know I was emotional. No, 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 stop that. What, what that really says is I was thinking illogically and I wasn't using my logical mind, so just forgive me because I was emotional and I just didn't have control of my conscious thoughts. That's what you're really saying. So stop that because sometimes emotion, the word emotion is used as a blanket and a cover-up for our, um, um, I'm just going to call it for what it is, our pathetic conscious choices in the moment. And it's okay. We all go through it. I go through it as well. But we got to be keep it real with ourselves and say, you know what, I got myself. Let me grow from this particular point. But um, I like I like coming to a place of divine understanding where you can really understand the lesson here. And, when, and once you get that lesson, then it's, it's now – a blessing, and a lot of people, um, a lot of people who I know I interface with, they're not conscious atheists, right? So they believe in a higher power, a divinity, a God, whatever, a Nessar, whatever. And to be able to marry that fact by them understanding that, you know what, wait a minute, my God is all wise and all knowing. I do believe in the supreme being. Let me get this lesson out of this. You know what? This lesson is actually a blessing. Now, I'm not talking about the particular act itself, the pain of abuse being, oh, I'm getting blessed and he's punching me in the eye. Oh, this is a blessing. Right. Punch me in the eye again. Oh, I'm not this is a good blessing. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm not talking about <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about that once you learn the behavior patterns and say, you know what, I can now teach my daughter or I, I know the cues to look for. It put me up on game. It put me up on me. It makes me a little bit more alert and aware. I know I know the subtle cues now that I was actually ignoring. And uh, we share this case study, you know, real live case study where somebody has been in that situation before, sexually abused, and then 
their um, who they call their father, their custodian, their trustee, who they grew up calling dad, started to exhibit some some past behavior of you know behavior of a past experience. And um, when it was popping up on the early radar, and she was asking me, she's just watching and observing and whatnot. Uh, and he later made a pass at her, and then she was able to you know successfully get out of, out of that type of situation. And so, but has she not really been aware and and started coming into this information and started extracting the Jews and truth and know what to look for as far as recognizing that inner voice inside of yourself? Because a lot of these things is just lessons for you to to grow for your own soul's evolution. Period. Right. So again, that's why Nikki said all relationships are a, a divine experience. So if we can extract the experience or the lesson out of that situation, and especially as a couple, right, as a couple, but individually and as a couple, and say, you know what, this is this is lesson, this is a, you know this this is really a blessing because now we we learn from this particular situation. You now what we do with the positron pass technique is you reclassify the experience by coming into a deeper understanding of God's plan. And that and that and that's the thing that I, I like to kick on with that because now we're putting the divinity inside of it, which we say we believe anyway, but most importantly, I'm just coming to a higher understanding and I reclassified the experience without me not necessarily because some people don't have see this this is a beautiful compliment with me and Jew, I believe, and I know is because we're going to get you. Either or If you don't run, we promise we're going to get you over the goal. So we'll go science, and if you got the heart enough and, and the fortitude enough to replay, replay the event, to reclassify the event, and change the meaning or change the, the outcome to the way you want, along with some other things that we do with these particular techniques, then you can, you can reclassify the experience. That's one way. Or you can come the other way and say, you know what, let me see the divinity in it. But it got to be a – and this comes from a place – this ain't about convincing you. This is about you authentically coming to a place, and this is self-realization right here. This is when you come to a place of self-realization and say, you know what, that I see that. I, I, I see that, you know, I pick my pops because I will later need to know this information as it deals to sacred sexuality and me being able to teach and being who I am. So what I could have thought was, oh, man, you messed me up. I'm having all these little porn magazines, and I was watching, looking at these porn magazines when I was early. It's your fault why you did it. This is why I ain't nothing in relationship. I could have took that route and blamed him. But then I saw something and said, oh, this is why this dude my dad. Okay, cool. I get it. Thanks a lot. You see what I'm saying? So that was a point from self-realization. So the way to get over some of these things is either – you know, come to a point of self-realization or learn how to reclassify the memory as we do. Uh, uh, and, uh, and or, when I very first said it, run! Get the hell up. <laughs> I got, I got, I got, I got one more question. I got one more question, right? Go ahead, go ahead. Is, are these experiences that we have with our mates, right, are they, are they authentically divine or are we making unconscious decisions about who we need to mate with based upon our ignorance of these cosmic mm. sciences? Because Both. 
right, okay, because Al Poo can give me the formula. Like I be, I get the cheat codes. Like we both get the cheat codes. Like I create something, Al Poo the first one to know it. He creates something, you the first person to know it. So I got the inside scoop on the cosmic love score, right? Now, <laughs> if Ampu, if if Ampu spreads that message to other people, and then we start to be cognizant and conscientious of using that particular model, where we don't go through so much struggles inside of our relationships, does that still classify it? As divine Because at that point We had previous intellect And knowledge About how to select A particular individual You see what I'm saying So I just want to, I just want to get some clarity on that Where Where's the line at there Because on, on one hand it's like okay When we don't know And we just get in the relationship Right We still can get mm-hmm. We always do We get a, we get a gem out of our own behavior most of the time. You know what I'm saying? So it's correct there too. But then at the same time, we have the ability to not even have to get that gym because we decided to take a happier route in compatibility. That's mm. what I'm asking. Mm. That's an interesting question. Uh, I, I would say yes. It, it is still... A genuine divinity In that relationship Do we not believe that we deserve to be nurtured Do we not believe that we deserve To have peaceful Harmonious unions That's the gem itself Um, I'm I'm feeling your question I'm really feeling this question I'm thinking thinking about it from the, the, The Kabbalistic perspective Which in Kabbalah, there's this idea that the greater your tikkun, the greater the obstacle that you have to overcome, and actually you and you actually do it. God is actually more impressed with the person who did the work necessary to overcome a big tikkun than somebody who had a smaller tikkun to overcome. So, so God is impressed with with the with the with the with a greater uh, amount of work so, so Nikki, that was necessary. So, so, so Nikki, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. With with that interpretation, which is a really good interpretation, would that suggest that if two people run into each other that have that are bumping heads, right? Would that suggest that in and of that interpretation? That that relationship, even though on a surface level you feel like you are about to pull your hair out, on mm-hmm. a soul level, if you make it through that particular moment, mm-hmm. you're vindicated. Is because because it, because from that interpretation it would be divine. You know what I mean? Like you run into somebody and they run into you, how you run into each other. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 uh, I guess the question that I'm really trying to get to is, how do you know when you've achieved that damn correction? How do you know that? When you're done with the lesson. 
Hmm. And uh, then it makes a question, how you know when you're done? Oh, because I guess you would just be done then, right? You'd just be done. <laughs> if you ponder it and you're still playing, your ass ain't done. You ain't done. You ain't done. Right. You're not done if you're still trying to play it like a Ruby's Cube. And yeah. I've done that shit for years. Okay. And then the new configuration. Okay. I'm going to try this configuration. Okay. I tried it. Yeah, I wasn't done. So, therefore, done is done, damn it. Let's stop playing games. Done is done. Okay. Thank you, Nikki. Done. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, that answered the question. <laughs> That's why you know you're done. When you're done. You're done when, when you're when done. You're done. You right, so permission to be done as well. See, and, 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 okay. and, and there is a bit of psychosis in us as human beings. In a lot of ways, we are addicted to drama. So I, I think there is a big part of us in, in our humanness. And it's reminding me of the question that we got, you know, why do we want to change our resonance if all things are divine? Why do we want to go, why then should we pick easy relationships if, you know, correcting the tacoon of a difficult relationship is more prosperous spiritually? Mm-hmm. Well, now we're getting into conversations about how much abuse we will subscribe to. Sometimes we get into these relationships for the sake of abusing ourselves, right? Noble just got done talking, you know, we're not saying that the lesson is actually getting beat upside your head, right? But but some of us are actually addicted to that. Some of us need to verify I'm bad because I'm a woman. Some of us need to verify I'm bad because I'm, I'm too sexual of a creature, we need we need that abuse, and we we attract it sometimes through our partners, and, and so I, I think that line is is really fine. I, I think I think we're done with it also when we give ourselves permission to be, when, when we say to ourselves, okay, I I, I can't I'm, I give myself permission to have a peaceful relationship. I give myself permission to have harmony and 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 and, and peace in my home. I give God permission to enter my house, right? Because we've we've talked about this idea that in in households that are chaotic, God is not there. So so do we give permission to that? I I, I had an epiphany. I, I I had a really deep realization, and, and I hear you talk about it about it, Jew. If if the the test to to see how true you are about this thing. It's, it's to have a conversation with God. And if you are having that conversation, if you are looking anywhere but within yourself, you know you still got a problem. And so I had to, I had to recognize that within myself. I'll share, I'll share my, my testimony about the gratitude course. I told, I told Noble I felt miserably at the gratitude course. I didn't finish it. I did grow, gain, and learn something from that particular experience. I was disappointed in myself that I didn't finish the gratitude course. But in me digging and questioning myself to figure out why I didn't finish the course, what I really had to come to terms with is the fact that I had not given, based on, you know, past experiences, past failures, disappointment in myself, I had not given myself permission to live a fantastic life. So I talk about it in the sense of the gratitude course because what I realized was there was a part of me that didn't want to be that gratuitous. There was a part of me, and what came up for me 
and, and, and it was with the emails, right? I, I was like straight up noble. Like sometimes all them damn emails was driving me crazy. And then I had to look at it from the well, but I'm I'm so zen, I'm so peace, like I'm on this inner peace shit. Like, how is this driving me nuts? How is people being happy driving me nuts? And I dug a little bit deeper and and and, and continued to scratch beyond that surface, and I was able to identify some spaces in my life where I have been taught that there's a boundary around how happy people can be. There's a boundary around how much happiness we can permit into our lives. And I had to get real, real present with that. I can I can remember being about nine or ten years old, being at the dinner table with my mom, and I'm like, you know, being happy-go-lucky, excited, you know, talking about my dad, my dad's school or something like that. And my mom says to me, why are you acting like everything is so peachy keen? And it wasn't this huge, we never talked about it again, and, you know, I didn't, you know, go go cry myself to sleep that night or nothing like that, but it's something that always stuck with me. I can remember being about five years old, me and my twin sister invented this word for children that we thought were just too happy. We called them Yankee. That kid over there is Yankee. You know, kids over there dancing because you even got a cupcake or something like that. You're too happy. Calm down. And we even wow. learned to use that word to regulate each other's happiness. Uh, so, so fast basically, forward to 30-something years old, why am I so irritated seeing all of, these peop- all of these emails about people being happy and being gratuitous? Because I have a boundary around happiness. And you man. better believe I was taking that boundary with me into my relationships. No, nah, this this too good. What did this nigga do last week? I need to need to bring up some old shit. A boundary Let me go check his phone. Happiness. Let me go check his phone. Let me go check his phone. Don't get me started. Let me go pillage his email. Let me something. You gotta be doing something. <laughs> and look. And look. Now listen, this is Nikki. I think you just hit a home run with that because me and Ampoo were having a conversation last week. And, look, I don't want to hold, hold, hold the line either. There's more people who want to call in and ask questions, man. I mean, you know, I can take no, it ain't, back. Ain't nobody press one. Ain't nobody press and, one. Uh, okay. And uh, you. last week, you know, you see a lot of stuff, man, on social media. And um, somebody actually had made a comment like, uh, what did they say, Noble? Uh, you just want to see some good in it. Like you know, it was uh, oh, it was uh, let me tell you what it was. The it meat was, meal uh, situation, the meat meal right, push up. The meat meal, make the make the homeless man do the push ups, right? And everybody was really, really, really mad about that, right? And it was interesting because if some of the people who were mad about it, right, they 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 stripped it all the way down, and these are people who talk spirituality all day, every day. Everything is something about. The stars are the cards. But when this happened, it brought them right back down to their humanity, and they were like, oh, that's terrible. I said, well, you know, what was that man thinking and feeling that, that brought him closer to that situation, right? And so remember, thoughts and feelings don't have an age prescribed to them, right? It's not like it says, okay, hey, uh, we're going to give you a pass because you're 80, but you're still having thoughts as when you were 25 or 35. They're still the same type of thoughts that are mustering up the same type of energy. And so 
I just was like, because, you know, you know, Jew, they call me Jupiter Jew, right, because Jews always so optimistic about things, right? And so uh, I said, well, look at it this way. Now, just like you saw that video and you're so upset, I said, somebody else in the world who has more opportunity to offer that man something than you probably feels and felt the same way and can be reaching out trying to find that man to put him and give him some shelter, right, or uh, get him off the street and doing something uh, that, you know, whatever he can be doing at that age where he can find himself spending his time doing something different than what he's been doing. I said because, and I gave him an example about how another homeless man a couple of years back was the one with the golden voice, the one who had the voice like he was a, uh, uh, he called sports games and somebody went out there and called him on camera and it went viral and then somebody gave him a job doing radio. And I was just trying to explain that, hey, even even though this guy doesn't have a talent like that or at least not one that we saw on the camera, people still have feelings they they felt. And I said, even though Meek Mill pulled the asshole move, the possibilities in which might come from that from that elderly man for that elderly man may be one that can benefit him. And if that does happen, because it happens before and it happened again, then Meek Mill is partially responsible for that situation taking the, the trajectory that it went on. And so I just said, hey, man, we have to be more optimistic about things instead of always saying, oh, man, you know, that ain't. And they just was like, oh, you're just trying to, you're just trying to make some good out of it. You just want to see some good out of it. I'm like, what's wrong with trying to find something good out of something, because it's easy for everybody to do what the typical people do. Just go bash, 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 and find nothing that you can get out of it to teach a lesson or to help somebody grow and expand. You know what I mean? To give people hope, optimism. Uh, then another young lady was like, uh, what did she say to Bear? Uh, what did she say? It was something along the lines of... Um, yeah, he's not going to get no help. There's nothing going to happen for him. He's going to be shitting in the pamper, and he's going to die next week. I said, wow. Wow. Really? And so at that point, I realized that you're right, Nikki. Not only do people have limits on happiness, they don't know how to tap into that part of themselves that would suggest Happiness is even a possibility. Mm. Crazy. And so that's that's crazy. And so and so and, and and but people will validate that type of behavior. You know what I mean? And it's not it it, it doesn't uplift anybody. Mm. You know. And so I think you I think you spot on when you say that we put limits around happiness and. What somebody else should, how happy somebody should be able to get, you know what I mean? And that's dangerous. It's, it's really dangerous. Yeah. Absolutely, man. <clears throat> you know what? <clears throat> Let me backtrack a bit because I gave myself an out because I know how the mind works when you, when you ask that question. Because when Nikki said you when you're done with the lesson, and I'm like, well, how do you know when you're done? And it was like, well, because then you're done. But then somebody asked a question, which was my ego, that said, well, how do you know when you're supposed to be done, smart ass? They said, uh-oh. <laughs> okay, let me answer that. How do you know when you're supposed to be done? 
listen, when you have got into a groove of a chronic state of just friction, you have to throw up your red flag and here's your last, I mean your white flag and here's your last flag. The last flag is this. <laughs> Babe, I didn't marry you or get in this relationship with the intention on having this experience and, no, and nor did you. So let's go to any agreed upon form of counseling where we can dissolve the issues that we have so we can come up with a solution to live a happier, more productive, abundant lifestyle since we say this is what we want. Because if we do not go get a solution to this issue that we're having, then we're going to have to break up because we can't keep existing like this. Because as we know, the older you get, seriously, people get sick and people get hurt. That's how you get in accidents and all kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So that that last flag has to be the one that says, we are going to call time out on everything else, the hell with the, the you know, these all these Band-Aids and these patches that we do that, okay, we, we in it this week, but next week we, we at the restaurant eating and I'm, I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to post this shit. You know what I'm saying? I've done it. You know what I mean? Lived it. You know what I mean? Okay, no, no, no. It's a time out. We have to get to a solution. And since we say we want to be in a happy relationship, then we're going to get to the solution. And that's the number one priority for this household is getting to this solution. Now, this is interesting, and I don't even want to entertain if one party don't want to go and and, 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 and sweep it under the rug because that means it's time to go because now we're getting to that part, the other part of what you were talking about where, you know, when when you know better, you do you do better, or when you are on purpose, when you purposely make what I call the unconscious choice because you know better, and that's the thing. We all know better because we know that we don't want to be in a disruptive union. So since you don't, so since you consciously say you don't want that, then we just have to follow that that emergency protocol. It's a nine one one emergency call. If you're in that situation, it's a nine one one. We have to get to the solution, and we're going to a, a, an agreed upon form of mediation, counseling, whatever that may look like, to get to the bottom line solution. So we can start to get some happiness. If we gonna pussyfoot around that conversation right there and, and that and that step right there, then you are willingly engaging inside of because God is a trickster, so now we're gonna call this this ain't even ignorance because you already you really do know. This is just this is just divine stupidity at this particular point where you're purposely creating uh, a longer lesson for yourself. Now the Kabbalah does have an aspect of it. And I see y'all calling from the 954, you up next, and then 510, we see you, and you'll be up next as well. Um, where the stress mate, because what I heard you say is, basically, can the stress mate become the soul mate? And when I say soul mate, I'm talking about the mate that where you start to reach more of extreme compatibility. Absolutely so, because consciousness is king. We know that, you know, you could have had a first Rocky first seven years could have been hell, hell on wheels. And then you live the rest of your lives on earth for 50, 60, 70 plus years as the best love story ever told. And people, you know, are amazed that you even, even had issues in the beginning. Any and everything is possible. But the key is how long can you, because once you get to a certain level of awareness, how, how, how long can you prolong that emergency call? 
because you don't desire to have the friction. And when you get to a certain level, we, me and you say this all the time, the rules start to change for you, real talk. When you start getting into this, this thing called mentalism, law of attraction, and quantum phenomena, oh, my God, everything is about to speed up much quicker. And since we live in a reality of negativity bias via the news, via the things that as a culture we're just accustomed to, the, the negative, the negative, the negative, the negative has a way of attracting itself and manifesting in our lives much faster than the positive does, all right? And so the rules change for us. So when we get to the certain point of consciousness, man, we have to call. We got, we got to pull out that 911 emergency call, and we got to do this emergency repair because this is, you know, this thing is flatlining, and we're trying to get some revival here. And this has to be clearly stated on the record that this relationship appears as if it is about to end. You know what I'm saying? You know how it gets you. You know, rings be coming off and all kind of shit be happening. We done seen it all, bro, from experiences yeah. and just with consulting yeah. with others. You know what I'm saying? We done, we done seen it all and help people throughout the process. And it's a, it's a process. You know what I'm saying? It's just a process. But like you always say, it has to be a conscious agreement on both parties, and they just have to agree on the form of where they're going to go for the solution. And that's the number one priority. And I mean it, the number one priority. It ain't no honeymoon. It ain't no, no, nah, we going to try to patch it. Oh, you know how it go. You you, you go you go mm-hmm. two weeks, but God damn it, you can't even go. And you know the game, man. You can't even go 30 days without a damn argument. 30. Can't go 30 mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. we got to put that emergency call mm-hmm. in and then, um, you know, consciously change it, man. But I'm going to keep your line open. You there, 954-263. Trying to get to you. There you go, 954-263. You there? Hey, I'm definitely here. What's going on tonight, Brotherhood, Nikki right, Dilgan? How y'all doing? Good. good. How are you? Good, man. What's good with you? Oh, oh, I'm definitely great. I'm marvelous. Now, I just have a question about Aquarius because, if I'm not mistaken, Noble and Pooh, you're an Aquarius also, right? Yes, sir. All right. So now... Now, this had nothing to do with um, Zodiac and lovers, so I'm not even going to ask you a question about love and relationship. I know you guys want to save that for your episode, but I just wanted to know, with Aquarians, I'm a number eight, so I'm supposed to be prone to business. And right now, I'm an Internet marketer, so, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be successful and get my boots on the ground and actually um, claim some funds. So is there a specialized prayer where I could um, say some affirmations, where I could start reciprocating some some financial success finally? Because I've been doing this for a couple of months, and so far I've just been getting donuts. So, is there any 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 mental any mental method that I could do, prayer, seance, or whatever? <laughs> Absolutely, go ahead, Nikki. I see you on them. I, I'm, I'm just I'm, go for it, Noble. Okay. Um. Well, absolutely, man. You know, it's funny. I was reading something today, um, and you, you, you're definitely picking my brain. I think for the next power series I'm going to put together on these Law of Attraction courses. But I'm going to keep it real simple, man. Um, 
we tell people, especially Minister Jew, do not throw the Bible out the window, ladies and gentlemen. It is a very clever, enlightening book that has so many dimensions to it that it is very enlightening and empowering. And some material I was studying today was dealing with some highly successful people who were using basic quotes um, out of the Bible, um, such as, you know, I, um, what's one of them that goes along the lines that um, through Christ I can do all things. And whatever your deity of choice is through God or whatever that higher belief is, we got to stand firm in that belief. See, some of the problems that we have is when we test that belief, like Nikki was talking about, she she noticed she ain't really wanted to be on gratitude like that. She really ain't believe her happiness was was 100% happiness without putting some type of sense and box around that. And that's really at the core uh, issue that we have in the Western Hemisphere when it comes to our perception of God, and rightfully so because there's so much injustice and God always remains invisible and we never see a just do and the laws of karma don't come back fast enough in our reality. It just kind of really seems bogus, and God is full of BS if we want to keep it 100. It definitely could appear that way. So it kind of messes with our belief system here. Um, but if you truly and authentically believe, and we've all had our own divine experiences, simply meaning that one experience where you know, like, wow, it just had to be something different. It had to be God. It had to be something out to a degree where we say outside of myself in a sense. Well, the key is to recognize that that power is inside of yourself. So whatever your choice of deity is, because I'm a big fan of, of God and his formal phenomenon together, whatever your choice of deity is, Invoke that deity and just constantly tell yourself, hey, through through job, through rock, through love, through power, through the divine intelligence within me, whatever it is, I can do all things. So the key to y'all is to understand that before you go to bed, your consciousness is starting to change. That the brain wave inside of your brain literally is starting to go into a more deeper, what we call coherent state. Basically, you're about to go into your subconscious mind. It's called sleep, good night, bye-bye, and then all these things about to happen that you have no physical conscious control of called dreams. So right before you're about to go to bed, it's important for you to be super-duper clear on what your mission is. It's imperative for that, all right? And then when you wake up, it's imperative for you to reinstate that. And in some law books, people didn't know this, you had about three minutes to kill somebody when you wake up and you can get away with it because you're not in your logical state of mind. You know how you wake up and you groggy a little bit and you're just not all the way there yet? Law recognizes this different state of consciousness, okay? And so this different state, you're coming from a sleeping state or what we would call an alpha state or even much deeper. It could be delta or theta, depending on how deep you sleep. When you are awakening, that's the perfect time for you to seed your consciousness again, will seed your subconscious again purposely before you fully get up in a waking state. So create your own. Don't take one that's prescribed because one that's prescribed, you always have to find and see if it resonates with you. But if you create your own, it's something that's coming from within you. So something that we teach our members as well, we give them a base formula but we also allow them the room of creativity to build off the base that we give them, all right? So create your own something that flows with you, something that you just, it just rocks with you. And then say that, but say it at that particular time and just 
keep saying it to yourself. And that's the whole purpose of zikr beads. The prayer beads in zikr, zikr simply means to remember. So when you physically have on these spiritual items, it is to remind you to be in contact with God at all times. So my point is um, you can use the beads or you can go into this. You want to have something as a reminder you to go at least three times when you before you go to bed. You know what I mean. You'll see a lot of people who rock with us. They always say thank you three times, and that's all. And that's based upon some gratitude work that we do to generate a positive field of energy. So whatever your mantra is that you create for yourself, say it three times before you close your eyes, and then say it. Um, when you awake three times, a minimum of three times. And then here's the kicker, too. You're going to get urges throughout the day that's going to say, say it, and you should say it because that's your higher self or what we would call new new neurons, new brain cells in your brain that's starting to come alive and it wants to be strengthened. So it's sending a signal to your brain to say, hey, say that mantra again. I want to hear it again. And when you get and see, that's a divine urge. When you get that urge of divinity from your higher self, then automatically go in it and reprogram it, you know, reprogram yourself by saying it. So create it for yourself, bro, and, um, you know, and you should be all right, but if you absolutely need us, because there's a whole bunch of stuff we do. Nikki on the line, she can testify to it. Come over to the imagination guru side of it. See, if you notice, I don't even promote astrology stuff that I do. It took Nikki to bring me out my bag and even had this conversation because I just don't deal with it. I, I deal with something else. I let I let Jew rock me. We do the imagination aspect, but I'm also into other things that ain't got nothing to do with spirituality. I let, you know, not that I let far as permission, but I recognize the divinity in my brother and I let him teach and it's a very effective mode of teaching. So if you really, really need it and you want to get fine-tuned in it, just come over to The Imagination Guru, hit the membership tab, and I promise you it is absolutely the best conscious investment that you're going to make. But for starters, create your own and deal with those times right there to get in your own subconscious. And just start empowering yourself with, you know, uh, I am the best. You know, DJ Khaled said all the time, we the best, we the best. And now he's telling his son, you're the best. And it's just you keep saying it over and over and over and over again, that's how you're going to do it. Because there's only two ways to get into that subconscious mind, Sam, and that is through, A, um, repetition, and that's what mantra comes in at, or through an advanced, relaxed state of consciousness, such as meditation, such as hypnosis, such as I'm going to say this mantra or my, my own personal power affirmation when I go to sleep and before I wake up or after I wake up, as soon as I wake up. That's the only way that you're going to get into that subconscious mind. So beat it down through consistency, man. And, uh, again, visit us, too, at the Imagination Guru. And uh, if you got questions on it or anything, man, you can call the one eight seven seven number that's over there with the Prime Minister, man, and we'll take care of you, bro. I think- his voice sounds for me. I ahead, think Drew. he just signed up a couple of days ago. Is that true? Okay, let me, let me see. Let me see. Let me open this line up. Hold on. Let me see where you at. Uh, okay, go ahead, bro. Did you sign up? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm definitely new. I just signed up on Wednesday, so I'm definitely right. new to okay. all of this. There you go. Oh. There you go. You in good hands, then. Yeah, yeah. You good. So the first thing you gotta do is. Make sure you do that homework assignment because you got to create you got to create that I am statement 
So we'll talk about that. That's private, man. That's private. That's that's the top line shelf talk right there, man. So we, you know, create that statement, do that homework assignment, and then um, and call us tomorrow too, man. Call us tomorrow, you know, tomorrow early as you can, you know what I mean, and, and we definitely talk some more on what to expect in the upcoming months and stuff, so. No, I definitely – I did do the homework. I definitely did the homework. Um, I gave him my my picture and my, you know, my objectives, and, and I did write my IMs, but I just wanted to know if there was anything a little bit more, a little bit more advanced that I could do. But, but I oh, definitely yeah, – Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. But that's why, see, when you got the email and the, and the new PDF – it's an outline that talks about what to expect in these first five months. So there is something that that's way more. But we'll give you we'll give you some tomorrow personally. Just call us. We we'll give we we'll give you something. But there there's some nuggets that is awaiting you in the immediate future. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I I knew I didn't make no mistake joining the membership. Thank you so much, um, Minister Jew, Nova Ampu. Yeah, I'm and Nikki Builder. You know, I like hearing your voice too. So I'm definitely gonna gracefully fall back and enjoy the rest of the conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you. You're very welcome, bro. Uh, Let me see here. Where we at, man? I think we're going to. Uh, what happened here? All right, call from the five one zero three eight three. What's happening? Hey, what's up? This is Denise. How y'all doing? Hey, this is my homie from Oak Town. What's happening? <laughs> what's up? Um, I just, you guys just touched on what I was about to say, was, 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 was just that I really realized the whole subconscious thing that I had going on with the, what we were just talking about, Nikki, with the, you know, just coming right back with the mouth thing. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, my, my mom... You know, did that. Just does it to this day, and it's always been something. That I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And um, just finding myself just really, really working with that, and then it just recently it helped me to just kind of give myself, just be patient with myself and be gentle with myself on it, knowing that okay, it is deep, you know, <laughs> and you're going to be working with that. Um, so yeah. that was the question that I kind of had, but then I. You kind of really just answered it the last time. I'm gonna create, um, I'm gonna create something in my visualization around that because I know it's subconscious. So, excellent. yeah, excellent. And be sure to check in with us and, and let us know how they work out for you too. Okay, okay. Because cause, cause part of what you guys were saying, I'm like, oh well. Here's the other question. Okay. Um. In terms of the counseling part, because I just saw something like the other week. I was looking over some um, things I had gotten from my bridal shower last year. Yeah. And I had seen, on it was a like everybody wrote a note for me. And what my grandmother had written was always keep God as your mediator, right? And, mm-hmm. and you were talking about the, you know, creating something for the conflict resolution. That was my question. Was like, okay, how do we do that if the other person isn't open to it being an outer, be outer party, right? So then, would that be, you know, God? 
Wait, hold on, hold on. If the other yeah, person is not in agreement to create a, a conflict, <laughs> no, 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 not in agreement to have another person, like to do counseling or something like that, because it was like pulling teeth so you can get counseling before we got married. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, well, here, here's the thing. I, I guess we then, then you damn sure better give me an alternative that is going to say this is how we're going. You just can't say no is my point. You just can be like, ah, nope, nope. Uh, well, you better give me, because we got this thing, me and you got this thing where don't talk about a problem, man, and don't come with a solution to it. And that's what a lot of this conscious garbage be about. But the thing is, okay, if I'm trying to come with a solution to preserve the integrity of our union here, then if you don't like this idea, please give me a solution. Now, if you're just going to keep saying no, 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 and you're not giving up a solution, I am just going to have to classify you as crazy, and I have to go. I'm I'm, I'm going to cut the game, man. Fuck that, because now this is dangerous. Mm -hmm. Because you want to, especially if prove already, based off the record, that we have facts. We have fights, we have disagreements, we have conflicts, and we say we don't like these things and we don't want these things, then when do we evolve to the point and say, you know what, we're not going to have these things? Why can't we be that that so-called rare couple that says everybody, so, you know, we can honestly say, listen, man, we don't really have problems like that. Right? We like we, we, we don't. Like it's just we just buy. We just really don't. You know what I mean? And that state can be reached. I'm not trying to hear that because it can be reached. It can be. I've seen it before. With with other people and I can see it in certain people now. And I and I and I tell you and I don't care if you think it's the money or whatever, it still can be reached. And and, and I'm gonna use Kevin Hart and his new wife, uh, Nico, um, as an example, when I see these two and really observe them and watch carefully, I'm like, okay, they, they, they got it. They, they, they got it. Why? Because they always playing off the heart thing, which is now playing off the love thing, which is very real and always staying in that positive vibe. I mean, consistently, but see, they're deciding just like in an inner peace class that we decide that we're going to put ourselves first relationships have to decide that they're going to put their happiness and our love first. We have to. When do we get to that point to say, no, this is first, happiness is first? Like the old couple that I saw on TV when I told you they play a game, and their game is whoever can make the other person the happiest wins, and that's the game that they get stuck on. Old-ass, happy-ass couple, old white farts, right? That's what they look like, just old, and, and really, really happy. So we have to answer that question it ain't no, it, it, it's just, it's it's not even, not, it's a non-negotiable. There's no way possible we can't develop a conflict resolution plan. You may not like mine, but we're going to have to come to the table and say, okay, well, I'll tell you what, let's brainstorm. Let's throw five of them together, and then let's just agree and choose, right? And then there we go from that particular step forward. So it can be done. It has to be done. Oh, yeah. It's definitely got to be done. That's so. <laughs> yeah, be done. Shit. Bump that. Yeah, my because little one is watch so that. I'm not trying to watch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's all good. You got to watch that. Because, see, that's who we call Amalek. 
in the scripture. That 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 is when when the person don't want to come in, and, and and this generally speaking, you know, when we don't want to get to a solution, that means what Nikki be saying, we are addicted to the drama and we need that shit. But consciously, you can't tell a person that because they never believe it. You think I want to be mad at you? Don't nobody want to be mad. I got better right. stuff to do with right. my time than to be mad at right. you. But you won't give me a solution. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I and I'm not going for that mystery God thing. Well, God, no, 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 no. Let, let me tell you something very clear. Listen, my one of my favorite stories is, and I always say it. I love when Jacob wrestled that angel, who he said he was really God, because he said he seen God face to face. He didn't say he saw an angel face to face. He said he saw God face to face. Is what he said when he wrestled. God, he got a promotion, meaning if God is the mediator, which I I strongly believe is, we still have to consciously invoke that presence where we say, well, to say God is the mediator and we have no conflict resolution plan, but God's the mediator, then that means that we got to pray together. That that, That means that, hey, Hey, let's go take a time out and let's go pray together since we say God is the mediator. You see, when we gonna stop playing, don't when we gonna stop playing with God like that. You see what I'm saying? So if God is the mediator mm-hmm. and we don't want no outside mm-hmm. person being the mediator in our relationship, and a lot of people don't, you know what I mean? Um, then okay, then are we praying together about uh about a, a resolution to an issue that we're having? If not, we're we're pump faking and we're lying. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's that's where I was wondering, like, okay, well, is there is by me applying some, you know, techniques gonna at least alleviate some of that um, resistance, you know, to get some movement on that? Because it's like I, I definitely, it's definitely like, huh? I I was agreeing with oh. you. I, I definitely think it can. Okay. 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 Well, there it is there. Because it is, it is definitely like, okay, we both want want this, but I am definitely the, the solution-oriented person, for sure. Um, so, okay. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, any any amount, again, and we always talking about, you know, these, these, these mirrors popping up around us, right? So if, if, if indeed we cultivate further peace and joy, love within our own selves, then the mirrors have no choice but to reflect that back to us. So absolutely, and 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 I've done it in my own relationship. I've I've seen it happen in my own relationship. But but like I said before, we we have to we have to focus on the task itself. So so not doing it with an agenda. You're not doing it, Denise, so he can get on his game. You're doing it for you. And and and, and mm-hmm. as a result of that. The residual of that is that inevitably he's going to at least begin to mirror that to some extent. But that's not the reason that you're doing it. If you've got an agenda about why you're doing it, that agenda is going to backfire on you. But if we can stay focused in just doing that work for ourselves, just for our own sakes, it has it has no choice but to influence those around us, and we got to be real careful about attaching an agenda to that because sometimes we'll start doing this work 
and I'll speak to it for myself. Um, you know, I talked about, you know, I've seen it. I've done it myself. We can Benjamin button our relationships. We can repair, uh, you know, damaged relationships. Does that mean that you're going to get back together? Does that mean sex is going to be involved in the, you know, in, in the equation again? Does that mean intimacy is going to be involved? Not necessarily. But but I I noticed that when, when I started doing the work for myself, yes, baby, go ahead. When I started doing the work for myself, it it it, it impacted, it influenced the 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 quality of my life just by itself. And what I asked my partner, what I asked my partner was, can we embark on this journey together of of solving this riddle, of 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 repairing this fucking disaster that we created? And initially, his response was resistance. He didn't want to. I'm still mad. But the responsibility then fell on me to continue doing my work for the sake of the fact that I wanted to see the improvement for myself. I didn't say to myself, oh, well, since he don't want to do the work, since he don't want to have peace, fucking I ain't going to be about peace either. I ain't going to give him no peace either. Right? It, it, it's about doing the work without the agenda, without the expectation that I'm going to do the work so he can he can come on the other side of the fence with me. So so staying focused on doing the work itself and not having an agenda. And when we can detach ourselves from that agenda, you know, it, it's, it's just the same conversation. You know, we talk about success, we talk about money. When we can when we can step outside of the end result. And, and give attention, give love, give presence to just doing the work itself, genuinely giving and devoting attention to that thing just for that sake, that's when those we attract those things more easily to ourselves. It, it, becomes, it, it comes more abundantly. It comes more easily. It flows. It begins to flow when we stop trying to control the end result, when we stop trying to control the outcome. Yeah, and and eventually, eventually he did. And honestly, honestly, Denise, it, it took a while for him to get on board with me. And I'm not saying this is the same the same situation for you. I'm just speaking from my own experience. Um, it, it took a while, but what I had to realize was we were now he was now being challenged to work from a different space, a different foundation. We had been operating from a space of chaos for so long that that was the program. So just because I had exited the program, I couldn't have the expectation that he was going to exit the program at the same time I was, that he was going to get down with the new program just for the sake of the fact that I wanted to get on the new program. That was the tone that we had set. So, yeah, for sure, it took him some time to to get out of that, to get that chip off his shoulder. It did take some time, but it it, it, it has been worth it. it. It has been worth every ounce of, of obstacle, of difficulty, just to see the the level of ease in our partnership at this point. And I asked my partner, I said, can we, can we focus on 
being the best version of ourselves for the sake of our daughter? Can we just focus on doing that? Can we just, can we let go of, can we, can we leave behind or at least just put down our weapons? But I couldn't expect him to put down his weapon just because I wanted to put mine down. But I had to trust myself. I had to trust my spirit enough to know that, you know what, even if I put my weapon down and he's still armed, I'm still going to be safe. I'm still going to be protected. I'm still going to be gui- I'm still going to be guided. And I had to trust that because a lot of times we'll say to ourselves, "Well, you ain't going to put your weapon down. I ain't putting mine down either." But that's not what it's about, especially when 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 that urge is coming from the spirit. And that's what I was talking about earlier, feeding the spirit. Sometimes those obstacles pop up and, and those obstacles make us want to, you know, kick in the ego mode. Let me go feed my ego over here. He ain't putting his he ain't putting his gun down. I ain't gonna put my, my gun down either. That's feeding ego. Feeding spirit in that situation is saying, you know what? I'm a I'm gonna put my weapon down and I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna turn around and walk away. And I and I trust regardless of, you know, being hindered by previous experiences and all of these other baggages that we take with us. I'm going to put this gun down, I'm going to turn around and walk away, and I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be fine. And if he wants to hold on to that anger, that's his prerogative too. See, that's the other thing about it. Sometimes we can get so self-righteous in ourselves and we think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get on my peace thing and, and everybody needs to, to be like me. Well, no. Some people do enjoy living in chaos, and that's their prerogative to do so. So now can you be challenged to love him without the condition that he get on your height? Let me let me ask you this, Nick, because this is what I hear and see as well. Because <clears throat> when you talk about the Benjamin Button back, and that also changes, that can change the dynamic of sex, right? That don't mean sex can be involved. Do we stay in intimate sexual relationships inside of chaotic when it's chaos, or do we put that on pause? Into do we put that on pause as you say stepping into this new space? Yeah. I mean, we already know that that's the pot of, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You, We choosing to start over on this rainbow. We choosing to, to climb up to the top of the rainbow and slide down again. You, yeah, you, we, it, it, it got to get on pause until we get on the same accord. It does. I mean, you talk about it all the time, Noble, how we create, we, we're creating these demonic children through these actions. So absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I could definitely say that. That's I could definitely feel that because I, I sometimes I'm like, hold on a second, we now we fussing and we just was loving. What you know, like what? What is that? <laughs> and <laughs> so I can definitely attest to it. It it definitely needs to be um, some pause to get focused and on the same wavelength. And I guess that's the thing. There is. is Okay, we both agree we want to be better for for ourselves, definitely. But of course, you know we have little ones who are watching us too, and that's my main thing. Is like, damn, I don't want to argue in front of them. You know, then that's just doing the cycle again. What I saw, right? So, um, but then I guess you know, (laughs) it's like, you know, um. I guess just that's just the challenge of like, okay, 
how do you do that, you know? If one person <laughs> is, <laughs> for real, like, okay, how do, but but I'm going to just do what we just talked about. But that's what I've been challenged with for sure because it's like, okay, I see all the other areas that are feeding into that. Okay, first thing in the morning, okay, you want to turn on the news. Damn, I don't want to turn on the news because it's negativity, and we trying to be on the positive, you know. Mm-hmm. So just little stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think that sex has to pause because we're we drawing up a new contract now, right? And so sex mm-hmm. is the ceiling of the deal. So as long as we, mm-hmm. so the question is, what are we signing on to? If if we recognize mm-hmm. that within this foundation there's still chaos, there's still turmoil, right? And then we continue signing that contract, well, that's what we're continuing to sign up for over and over and over again. Build or destroy. Some, sometimes that foundation has to be completely destroyed so that a new foundation can be built there. But but you gotta you gotta destroy that old foundation. And and that might hurt a little, it might be a little painful, it might be a little inconvenient, but absolutely necessary if we're acknowledging that chaos is there. And we don't want chaos. But if we want chaos, sure, we can continue signing that deal. Mhm. Man. Mm-hmm. When you said the babies, man, that that made me think of um you know, with the kitty karma aspect when the when children observe uh, parents being unhappy and going through these disputes, if these children got these, if they got their own domestic violence markers, uh, I'll give you a classic example like Mars, a person, you know, a, a little girl born with Mars square moon. This is, this is, this, this is, this denotes that a masculine energy, Mars, which is warfare, um, um, is at odds with her internal self or how she expressed her emotions. So therefore when she gets in a relationship and let's just say she get into what we call an emotional rant, the negative quality of that masculine energy called her boyfriend, that that argument turns into a physical fight. All right. So what happens is, um this is a fact and we're just looking at the little girl chart hypothetically. But what happens is as parents when we have in these spats this this is energy. It's negative energy that can be felt, and you know how it is in the house when if you ever, like I've I've seen. It was so funny because I I seen after my dad, after my dad divorced my mom and we moved, and Art was coming over. Art used to kick the door in sometimes. Bam! And remember, we used to have to get it. We had we had the only apartment that had a metal door because this nigga kicked the door in. Everybody else got a white door, and we got a gray metal door. You know what I'm saying? So I can still remember that imprint. I can still remember the imprint that. He kicked the dirty clothes hamper in the hallway and kicked the hole in the wall. So immediately, I got introduced from I got introduced to to domestic violence, basically, right? In a sense. Mm-hmm. And so this energy, as you know, in the houses, as children, you hear it. You may some children may run to the room, close you know, close the door, whatever, whatever. The energy is funky in the house. But what we have to understand is the energy is funky is being recorded in the ether. And so as a child that's processing a negative event, right, because case studies will tell you that, wait a minute, if a child grows up in a violent um, household, they're more likely will be violent, and you think they would do the opposite. Now, this is not 
everybody, of course, because there's a lot of great stories out there with entertainers. It's like, man, I saw my mom do that, you know, so I'll never hit a woman. And some can break that mold by themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, see, they go a lesson and they go, they go a blessing and a lesson right there. Now, wow, I saw my mm-hmm. mom get beat by a man, and I would never ever do women like that, and never done it. You see, you understand what I'm saying? So God works that way, mm-hmm. just to point that out. But this this negative energy gets recorded in the ether. And I'm going to tell you something. This is, we got to really, really be careful with this because as the child classified that physical experience as negative, the moment that that person grows up um, or just to say that negative energy is there, to, to show you how it works, when Mars in the sky gets in the exact same position where the moon was when the child was born, it triggers all the negative energy that was stuck in the ether, and it creates what we would call a corresponding event called, okay, I'm going to go through my own round of domestic violence or accident and things of that nature. This is, this is why yesterday when I read that, this is what they're really talking about when they said an intelligent couple is very, very careful not to allow a disagreement to escalate to a certain point because it gives rise to energetic frequencies that will feed off that and help facilitate future events. So when we have these children, we, how we handle it is being observed. And at some point in time, and I'm telling you from experience, even with myself, I have to be like, God damn, when do we get to a point where we can really say, you know what, especially for men, because it, I think it's kind of hard when, you know, for, more harder for men when you say, you know, can I let her go because I love her so much and she deserves better than what she's experiencing in this relationship? And women can ask that question as well. And, and matter of fact, can I, for the sake of the children of being peace and knowing what love is and striving for what happiness is, am I willing to step back and redefine how this all is flowing and work for the better of everybody else and not versus me? Now, see, it's nothing wrong with trying to, problem solve and Ruby's cube, that happens. But I think with with my definition of Amalek or ego would be is when we it's when we when we know better but then we're not doing better in a sense if that makes sense, where it's like, okay, I think we really should go in this particular direction to figure it out but but we're not going in this direction to figure it out, but since we're not, you know what, I'm I'm gonna just stay cool with it and I'll just do what I do. You see what I'm saying? And we gotta be careful. It's, it's that right there that I think that it's a fine line between intellect and ego. And see in, in, in Hebrew it's interesting and I'll close with this, is the the word I, like me, myself and I I in Hebrew is a knee. And a knee is also the word for ego. So ego is the I or ego is the self. So sometimes, you know, um, I heard Nikki say it before in the sense that, you know, it's not to annihilate it because you're never annihilated. It would be there, um, but the goal is to have it in check. And I have to concur with that because even with great masters like the Yoganandas of the world, um, you know, even Yogananda still uh, to a degree cried when his master died and, and still, you know, to these show some forms of what we would call attachments and desires, even when he was a monk and wanting to learn and was making certain teachers, you know, promise to show him certain techniques because he had a desire to reach a certain state. So my point is I can I can clearly point out how masters, quote, unquote, 
still have ego in a sense, but it's how you have that ego in check that 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 matters because you can never totally annihilate something that is you in a sense. And this is why we show people. You know, listen, you may not can't erase the memory of the thing that happened in the past, but I promise you, you can do one thing. You can reclassify the memory. So you may not never forget it, but we promise you, you can reclassify it and change the meaning, and that power is within. So I'll close with that. Excellent. Well, I think we didn't beat this horse. So, um, oh no no yeah, no! That's, I'm here. that's what it is. <laughs> no, but yeah. Um, no, but I'm I'm I mean I'm totally conscious of that. That's what, and that's why I'd be like, okay, just like right now, that like like this is not a conversation to have right now. Like let's have a conversation later, you know? Because um, it's always the littlest stuff, you know. Okay, did you help me? You know, it's it's little all the time. So I got it. <laughs> I got it. Well, we appreciate you, Denise. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for your support. We appreciate you. Cool. Cool. So, family, uh, be sure to catch us this coming Friday. We'll be discussing Scorpio. Um, Some closing remarks, Noble? Closing um, announcements? No, man, you know, thanks for tuning in. You know, um, you know, next week is is, 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 is is that frequency right there. I don't know how I'm going to get through that one um, without really going into it because that one there is really, I think, the most versatile. It's kind of often overlooked in the Zodiac, but it's very, uh, it's a very versatile sign. If you pay attention to the glyphs, it's the only one that changes from uh, a scorpion to a phoenix bird to a serpent or, you know, it's it's, it's different, it's different animal motifs to give it some expression. So this is a very deep place over here. Um, but anyway, man, join us, man, myastrologycoach.com. Get on that mailing list if you're not on it. And like I said, mark your calendars next Sunday at 12 noon. I'm doing a webinar called The Cosmic Illusion. And this going to really get into the cosmic science, man, and show you what's going on based off the observation. And um, it's going to be dope because the only way that you see the future is within your mind's eye, and and I'm going to show you that cosmically speaking, which that shows you this is why you're the creator of this particular reality or what they would call uh, the matrix itself. So sign up for the cosmic illusion, man. And um, that's it, man. That's just me. Awesome. Be sure to catch me and Noble. Email us with questions, comments, feedback, thezodiaclovers at gmail.com. As for me, as always, catch me on YouTube at Nikki Builder. Um, also, uh, catch me doing my day job, www.nikkidnovacollection.bigcartel.com. And we will check in with y'all on Friday, family. Peace. Yeah, peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.